No portion of this program may be reproduced without the express written permission of WQAM. Tomorrow morning, I thought he just said that the uh, little dog is back tomorrow. Trial is over. Did he say that? I wasn't listening. Well, why not? Got nothing to do with me. Lumpy. What about the lump? I don't think he said it's over. What? Oh, God. Now, you find me install the uh, atropinic tube of flatter being a paradise. Well, it is, but not for everybody. That's why when my parents retired to Florida, I sent them back to the Bronx to live at the Hebrew home of the agent back in 61. Not only was it cheaper, but they got the pool. I remember my mama saying, who needs Florida? We got the pool right here to swim uh, three months out of the year. <coughs> why, sure. They got lots of activities there, like uh, Friday night mahjong and Paladin races. Not to mention the food. Oh, the food. Let me tell you, nowhere but the Hebrew home for the ages in Riverdale will you find softer jello. Not the kind that turns to rubber bubble. Why, it's almost like it was prepared by Don Wilson himself. And they got them uh, mobile turlets on wheels, too. The Hebrew home for the aged in Riverdale. A nice place to send your folks. And forget about it. It's uh, 10.01 at 560 WQM. Happy Thursday to you. Another uh, snow night last night. All yesterday afternoon and all night snow and icing and stuff like that. No school today. Mm-hmm. For me, anyway. I'm not going. No? You want to know why? You're a slacker? I don't want to. Okay. John McQuethy's dead. Who? Oh, we always got to start with a bunch of celebrity deaths. Well, he's a retired ABC News correspondent who had to flee the Pentagon after the 2001 attacks, but continued reporting live. He died after a skiing accident yesterday. He was 61. Boy, old cockers like that shouldn't be out skiing. What is wrong with these guys? It's fun. Witnesses said he was skiing fast on an intermediate trail when he missed a turn and slid chest first into a tree. He died of blunt force injuries. McQuethy and his wife Lori moved to Boulder after he retired to be closer to ski slopes and golf courses. That'll teach him. He had to leave the Pentagon after a hijacked plane crashed into the building in the 2001 attacks, but kept reporting from a nearby lawn. He was one of those very rare reporters who knew his beat better than anyone, had developed more sources than anyone, and yet kept his objectivity. But a beat, but a boop, but a bop. But he wasn't smart enough. He was very smart in some ways, but evidently not too smart about going skiing like Sonny Bono. And which one of the Kennedys was it? Was it the uh, rapist? That's right. Alleged? Huh? Yes, that's right. John Kennedy Smith or whatever his name was. I forget what his name was. William Kennedy Smith. Anyway, he uh, went into a tree. Who were some of the other ones? There were a whole bunch of people. The one in the trees? No, I thought you covered it. Sonny Bono and that guy. No, there were a couple other ones. Really? Skied right into a tree. Oh! And then they said... I'm dying out here! And that's the last thing they said. Here's the poll from yesterday. It's all done, by the way. Chris already changed it. How do you like that? I dug up a Wow, look at that. Dug up an oldie but moldy, baby. I like it. Here's the one from yesterday, which, uh, I don't know. A man should never be without blank. A sex partner, 170. A place to be alone, 154. How about a place to be alone with a sex partner? <laughs> it helps. A secret fund, 117. A backup plan, 117. A good friend, 112. An exit strategy, 74. Clean underwear, 62. A condom, 60. Other job prospects, 48. Duct tape, 47. A weapon, 44. And a handkerchief, 14, to wipe up your mess and your mouth. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Now, we put the uh, new poll up there, and the last time we did this, now we may have done it in between, I don't know. But I went back in history way, 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 way back about 100 years ago. And we got 15 votes on the new one already. Aren't you excited? Medium. 18. The best candy bar in the world is... Oh, and look at the results so far. Oh, my God. Bleh, bleh. 
Reese's. See, I like peanut butter by itself. I don't. But I don't like it with chocolate. I don't like it. I don't like it peanut uh, butter do, or but candy. Oh. To say that's your favorite, Germany. Reese's five. Reese's my ass. Snickers four. Three Musketeers two. Boss, you haven't seen one of those in a long time. I like those though. Mm-hmm. Three Musketeers. Bit of honey one. Oh Henry one. Score one. That's what I voted. I, well, you know me with candy. I I, mm-hmm. I, I could have voted for a lot of them. Yeah, I was torn. We didn't put... Uh, I don't think it's on here, is it? Heath Bar? Oh, it is on there. Kit Kat won, Heath Bar won. If I just kept looking, what a schmuck. Hershey's won, Mars won, and none yet for... Whatchamacallit, Mr. Good Bar, Chunky, Mounds, Almond Joy, $100,000 Bar, Payday, Butterfinger. Well, I do like Butterfinger. Me too, that's what I voted for. a long time. I just... I like the um, like the crunchiness, the texture of it, mm-hmm. especially yeah, how the you... The texture is what it's right. all about. And you can enjoy, enjoy it the whole day. And then that stuff like melts on your tongue. You uh-huh, know? and oh, sticks man. to your teeth and... Uh, yeah. And just that's a day-long affair. Out. Baby Ruth, uh, a nun. Nestle's... Uh, well, none of these other ones. Nestle's what? See, that's the problem with this list, is that, uh, I mean, Nestle's... It's like the Chef Boyardee thing, I've told right. you. It's like toothpaste mm-hmm. now, do it too. Like Crest or, or Colgate. You go into the drugstore to buy a, um, chew a toothpaste, and like Crest has got 87 different varieties right. now. Right. All it's just them. a marketing ploy, that's all. Sure. It's all the same crap oh, yeah. with like a little bit of different taste to it. Uh-huh. And it's the same with Chef Boyardee, and the same with candy bars. Mm-hmm. Her, I mean, Nestle's? How come we don't have oh, Hershey's one? See, Hershey's the same thing. I mean, is Nestle's Crunch on there? Maybe that's what they bar. meant by that. Well, we can't put them all on there. No, but. But what? Nestle's Crunch. None for Nestle's, none for Twix, none for uh, Crunchy, which is a Canadian. You don't have Crunchy there, do you? Not, not that I know of. Of course, I'm no expert. Crunchy is great. It's almost enough to make me want to do it. How about Mary Jane? That should be your favorite. You know that thing we did where we looked up all that old-time candy? Oh, that yeah. Was fun. And the audience Website, said, sure. poison. We and don't mind. We don't mind. We don't like this. Yeah. We don't mind. Anything I like. They don't mind. Too bad. It's like my mother. Same crap. Well, let's see. Do you want to hear about bong hits for Jesus case, or do you want to hear about the... Uh, Absolutely. Beer buckled in, but not the baby. If you could see this bitch. Good God. To use the term trailer trash would be such an understatement. It's such an insult to the real trailer trash of the world. St. Augustine. Investigators say a woman accused of drunk driving had a case of beer buckled up safely and a one-year-old girl sitting in the back seat without a seatbelt or car seat. But she had a case of beer buckled up safely. On Super Bowl Sunday, deputies saw a car drive through a red light and swerve back and forth over the center lane on US-1 South, St. Augustine, where the median age is death plus 50. The deputies stopped the car. Investigators say the woman who identified herself as Tina Williams smelled of booze. <coughs> According to the report, Williams told the deputies she never had a license and was running out of gas. <laughs> oh, well, which is more important? The deputies saw a case of bush beer in the front seat with a seatbelt around it and a baby girl in the back seat with her mother. When asked why the girl wasn't restrained, Williams reportedly told the officer, I don't know. Williams told the deputy she had a few drinks. Authorities say she staggered when she got out of the car. The deputy arrested her for DUI after she failed a field sobriety test. Authorities also found two silver metal pipes in her purse. Williams faces charges of driving under the influence, child endangerment, driving without a valid license, running a red light, and not having a seatbelt or child restraint. Other than that, she done fine. She done good. You done good, honey. Man, oh man. Forced sterilization, that's the only only salvation for the human race. Forced sterilization. And she's a walking, squawking, drinking example of it. Wow. 
She didn't have a license. She never, uh, but nevertheless, at least she had the restraint on the beer. That was good. There you go. Twelve for Snickers. Thank God Snickers has passed Reese's. Let's see, the first time we've done this. Now, look at that. Snickers won overwhelming the first time we did this. I don't know if it's the first time. I think so. Snickers, uh, and Reese's tends to win. Eesh. Snickers, Snickers so soft. Snickers with almonds. What? Reese's are so soft and mushy. Oh, they're mushy, man. Yeah. Mushalid. Mushalid. I don't like no mushy stuff. See, Butterfinger is, is peanut butter and chocolate, but it's hard and crunchy. I like Lopshin Kobo. Mm, me too. <laughs> Noodle pie. Ever stuff a Reese's with? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, somehow I just can't relate to that. And not only that, but even the chocolate. I'll, I'll tell you what's good, which we won't put on here because you can't find them anymore, is Mallow Cup. Oh, yeah. They're still around. That, they were on that they site are? that we were talking about. You just, like, if you go to Jackson's Ice Cream, they have all those old candies in there. I'm sure they have Mallow, Mallow, Mallow Mars, Cup. Mallow Bar, Mallow Cup. I have one of those in a, in a dog's age. It's probably why you're still alive. No. They have them, though. Those are good. They don't have them here. I've never seen them. Good. No, it's not good. Well, that's good they don't have them, because then you'll candy? eat them and you'll die. Get out of here. You know what I also like is turtles. Turtles are great. Mm. We don't have turtles on the thing. I, I read turtles turtle. on the thing. So let's add to the poll there, Chris. Lumpy, get turtles on there. And quit smirking every time I say that. It's, it's nothing new. It's not a novelty anymore. Oh, God. No, that's... Oh, Poor man. God. Get it right. Yeah, I heard uh, D.A. there say that Joe is coming back tomorrow, thank God, or something like that. I and think it was hopefully tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow will be the last day. Oh. Well, tomorrow's the last day? He hopes that tomorrow's the last day of the trial. And then you told me that he was sequestered or something this morning. I, yeah, he's sequestered. I, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I like Joe a lot, but I just, you know, sometimes the word stupid comes to mind when I think of some of the things he does. I, I, I could be wrong, but I just don't get it. How do you allow himself to get all sucked up in that? You know, he, he's got a, a job to do, a high-paid job. He's got to be on the air. How come that didn't play? Oh, I knocked the audition line. Yeah, so try it again. I'll try now. He? Stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of stupid. Anyway, whatever. So he'll be back someday. Let's see. What's the rest of the schedule today? we got the jerk show at 2. Oh, what's, what's going to happen without... Oh, my God. Jim Maddich at the Super Bowl, it says here, because our program director is a simpering idiot. Mad Dog 4-7. to 7, Hurricane Hotline at the Rathskeller, 7-9. Then you got your Dolphins all asses and the high school gridiron report with John L. and Larry Bluestein. Who's John L.? John Linder. Well, why does it say John L.? Maybe oh, what a too lazy long. slob you are, Clarence. You're such a... Oh, God. You're like a sliver. You ever get a wooden sliver in your finger? All the time. Just this morning. That's what he is. Then you got the DA show, 10 to midnight. Well, that's good. He's only got a couple hours to worry about tonight because he filled in. He's filling all the time to fill in. Little did he know when he came to town, he's going to be working mornings and nights. That's good, though, that he gets a chance to, like, uh, get some exposure there in the morning to, like, give the, the daytime audience who might not be listening at night because they're afraid that. <laughs> oh, now, is there any truth to that, that the beast is taking a job out of town? He's leaving us? I had not heard. One of my uh, correspondents told me really? that. Really? Uh, MySpace, yeah. That was you, a you have a mole? Place. Yeah, right here. Have you had it checked out? 12 minutes after 10 at 560 WQAM. Hi, Luis Miguel. Play it, baby. You know, that's not the one I wanted to play, but my uh, mouse got stuck. I'm oh, jeez. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, if you've been riding around your lowrider cruising for babes all day, you're probably pretty hungry right about now, right? So what you gonna do? Go home, or you gonna wash your hands, keep your elbows off the table, say peace and thank you? You don't gotta do that. Come see us, cause we're... Nacho Mama! The new self-service Mexican restaurant. 
Uh, excuse me, uh, I'd like the Conquistador special. Hey, man, you can keep whatever you want. Because huh? I ain't going to get it for you. We're not your mama. Oh. <laughs> not your mama. Serve another best of anything you want. Uh, as long as you go back and make it yourself. Ah, that was great. Hey, hey, hey where are you going? I'm going to go pick that up for you. Watch those dishes, man. What? So, for Tex Max with no respect, it's not your mama. <laughs> Do it. Yourself, we're not your mama. 1016 at 560 WQM. Happy Thursday to you, boy. I'll tell you, this week it just, uh, it all started with that thing on Monday. I'm right. not going to complain about it, though. I'm just never going to be the same again. I'm going to sue Clarence, I think. Just, just individual. For screwing with my life. Just messing with my entire metabolism. My whole life has been turned upside down. Thanks to that little weasel. That little backstabbing, lying weasel. Oh, I didn't know he was in the tea room, and I didn't know he was, uh, yeah. Illinois Senator Barack Obama raised more than $6 million since the polls closed on Super Tuesday, matching the one-day fundraising record set by Texas Republican Congressman Ron Paul in December. That's according to a widget on Obama's blog, which as of 1027 last night showed the senator's campaign to raise $6.23 million. The widget's updated almost instantaneously. As the donations are pouring in, supporters responded to a late afternoon fundraising email sent out by Obama campaign manager David Plouffe that said the campaign had raised $3 million post Super Tuesday but needed to match the $5 million that Swillery loaned her own campaign in January. That $5 million was made to supplement the $13 million that Clinton raised that month. Obama raised more than double that, $32 million in January, the majority of which came through the Internet. She's running out of money. I got that story coming. <laughs> All right. She's running out. Now, what's this? The best chocolate bar. Oh, fooey. Lisa, ah, your taste is in your tush, honey. Lisa says the best chocolate bar in the world is an Aero bar. A-E-R-O. Put it on there, but oh, ooh. That's the one with, like, the uh, air holes in it. I don't know if I've had You've got to be an A-hole to like the air hole. You don't know an Aero bar? I don't, I don't think I've had the pleasure. Yeah, it's got. It's like pumice. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's that uh, texture. Okay. I don't know what you're... You never saw an I, I, I'm I sure I've seen it. them. I just I can't like recall. It. All right. Oh. Don't think I've had the pleasure. Ooh. Put it on there and she'll vote. All right. That is so gross. Oh, look at this. Here's a uh, fax ad. Prospecting with voicemail. Oh, boy. Really? Good. Don't you hate that? You know it. Can't stand people intruding onto your Blackberry and your Crackberry and on your fax machine and... All of that. All of these things. Jesus. God. Leave, just leave us alone, okay? Leave us alone. Leave us alone. Right. Sorry. That's right. Like Britney for crying out loud. Leave her alone. And how <laughs> dare anyone out there make fun of Britney? Right. You got to admit, he's uh, amusing. <laughs> There's no question. Mildly amusing and uh, gay. The Supreme yeah. Court ruled against a former high school student Monday in the Bong Hits for Jesus Banner case, a split decision that limits students' rights. Joseph Frederick was 18 when he unveiled a 14-foot paper sign on a public sidewalk outside his Juneau, Alaska high school in 2002. Principal Deborah Morse confiscated the sign and suspended Frederick. He sued, taking his case all the way to the Supreme Court. The justices ruled that Frederick's free speech rights were not violated by his suspension over what the majority's written opinion called a sophomoric banner. I mean, it was reasonable for the principal to conclude that the banner promoted illegal drug use 
and that failing to act would send a powerful message to the students in her uh, class. Justice John Roberts, Roberts wrote that crap for the 60 majority. Breyer noted separately he would give more qualified immunity from the lawsuit, but didn't sign on to the majority's speech uh, restrictions on students. Roberts said that while the court has limited student free speech rights in the past, young people don't give up all their First Amendment rights when they enter a school. Roberts was supported by fascist judge Antonin Scalia, Nazi Clarence Token Thomas, uh, Anthony Kennedy, Stephen Breyer, who makes a hell of an ice cream, and Sam Alito, another Nazi. Breyer noted separately he would give Morse immunity from the lawsuit, but, uh, oh, I just got through reading that. This is a bad article. Where is this from? CNN. They suck. In dissent, Justice John Paul Stevens said, this case began with a silly nonsensical banner and ends with the court intervening out of a whole cloth, a special First Amendment uh, uh, something, permitting the censorship of any student speech that mentions drugs, so long as someone could perceive that speech containing to a latent pro-drug message. Latent my ass. Okay, the whole, the whole thing is. is so stupid. It's like Mara Galati. Good thing she lost in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Oh, Life happy day. Beach. Oh, we can't have those. It's banned on the Hollywood beach. Life is a beach. That's disgusting. No, you're disgusting, honey. You ought to kiss the ground that only a bunch of old trolls live in Hollywood and George. At issue with the discretion, schools should be allowed to limit messages that appear to advocate illegal drug use. Bong, as noted in the appeal filled with the justices, is part of drug paraphernalia. No. The incident occurred in January 2002, just outside school grounds, when the Olympic torch relay was moving through the Alaska capital on its way to Salt Lake City, Utah, to the Olympic Games. Though he was standing on a public sidewalk, the school argued Frederick was part of a school-sanctioned event because students were let out of classes and accompanied by teachers. Morse ordered the senior to take down the sign, but he refused. That led to a 10-day suspension. I ought to slap that bitch. That's what he should have done. He should have bitch slapped, don't you think? Absolutely. Had 10-day suspension for violating school policy promoting illegal drug use. Well, screw you, honey. Where does it say in the Constitution that free speech excludes promoting uh, any... The Constitution? That's just a GD piece of paper. Oh, that's I right. you heard right about that. Frederick filed suit saying his First Amendment rights were infringed. A federal appeals court in San Francisco agreed, concluding the school couldn't show Frederick uh, had uh, interfered with the school's educational mission by showing a banner off campus. Former independent counsel Kenneth Starr argued for the principle that a school must be able to fashion its educational mission without undue hindsight from the courts. Kenny Starr, that Nazi son of a bitch. Morse, who attended arguments in March, told CNN at the time, I was empowered to enforce the school board's written policies at that time of keeping illegal substances out of the school environment. As for Frederick, he's halfway across the globe now teaching English to students in China. How do you like that? Now 24, he told reporters in March they displayed the banner in a deliberate attempt to provoke a response from Principal Morse, by whom he had been disciplined previously. Frederick claimed his message of free speech is very important to him, even if the wording of the infamous banner itself was not. I find it absurdly funny, he said. I wasn't promoting drugs. I assume most people would take it as a joke. That's right, Pally, except oh, no. no sense of humor. People with no sense of humor like Joyce. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if she winds up sitting on the Supreme Court if we would like another Nazi president. Joyce Fitch. Wouldn't that be something, huh? Life is a bitch when you nominate Joyce Fitch. Makes me kind of itch and twitch. Don't be a bitch. Go find your own niche. Okay, we have 103 <laughs> votes already on that brand new poll. That is really something. Well, it's an easy poll. In spite of that poll we took about one food you can't do without and candy came in dead last. I, I don't believe it. I'm sorry. I don't buy it. I don't believe it. Every store you go into, every convenience store, every gas station, every, like, uh, 
store where they sell jock straps. Every store's got candy. Now, you think they got it there just to, for looks, just for print? How come we don't have M&M's on here? We don't. Get out of there, wow. man. Get M&M's on there right away. Right. You know, this poll sucks. Plain and with peanuts. Oh, uh, yeah. I like them, but, man, they send my blood sugar just skyrocket. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. What? More so don't... than any other candy, M&M's, man. They send my blood sugar just really rocketing to the moon. So I guess if we're going to put M&M's, let's put Smarties on there, too, eh? Even though they're Canadian and the European. Smarties. We've got a couple of Canadian listeners. Look at Reese's, man. Ooh. Yeah, no. well, I came in second the first time we won the poll. Snickers won by a landslide, but then Reese's and then Milky Way. Now, look at that. Milky Way has... Uh, and Three Musketeers, all... I used to like them a lot. You like them? They're mushy, too. Like what? Three Musketeers. Yeah. They're they all are mushy, mushy, but I still like them. They, they like flummy them right up, something man. about the flavor of I, just, I get flummy. No, it is good, but I, I flum up just thinking about it. And now there's a new Milky Way. It's like Milky Way Dark. Oh, that, that's right. It's not the old Milky Way. I've got the one Stan Major was talking about. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> Anybody buy a new watch lately? <laughs> Those are the days, baby. Those are really some days. But you know something? In retrospect, they weren't all that bad. No. They were mighty good. The best candy in the world is Snickers 25 Oats. Reese's 11. I do like Snickers. i got to admit that. And I like that new Snickers, uh, I like with Snickers almonds. Mm. Oh, almonds? yeah. I think so. Way better. Oh, Because I like God. almonds better than the, uh, you now, know. Now, what, which is the one that's got, like, the two almonds on top? Almond Joy? How come that's not on here? I Almond thought it was. It Mars is, is on there. It's got four votes. I don't like because it got the coconut in it. I don't like coconut. I don't like the like shredded like processed sugar. coconut. Yeah. I like almond joy because it's candy. I like almost any candy except peanut butter candy like Reese's. Reese's. Ah! Is it Nestle Smarties? It's like a round M&M-ish type Let me thing? say it again. Smarties, smartass. All right, well, we have, we have Smarties here. Put smartass on like it. It's like a sour type thing. This is true. Good pernt, and you're giving them a hard time. What what is this? What? Oh, I see. I see what this is. No, it's it's a thing from my uh, financial guy. Oh. Leave me alone. I'm doing my job now. Okay. Yeah. Now, <laughs> just leave me alone. Well, no, I'm just I'm, I'm busy. It's, it's like getting messages from Taco Paco, like uh, yesterday that uh, fake phone call. It wasn't his fault. It just he has set it off. Right. Must have turned over all the time. The button. Well, it happens to me all the time. Sure. I mean, I can do it because I'm an old, you know, right. dodgy old fart. But somebody under the age of 100 doing that, and then not answering the phone because they went back to sleep. I'm sorry. That gets me. I get spilkies when that happens. You ever yeah. accidentally call your wife while you're uh, with your mistress? No, I never and accidentally call my wife. on what's going on there? No? Me either. We need to change the uh, title of the poll, I think. The best candy in the world? Yeah, because we're not just candy bars anymore. Oh, well, you, you know something? You are such a lump, man. God, are Come you a turd. Sorry for pointing out the truth. Nah, nah. You've been down there too long. That's your problem. You've been in South Florida too long. Everything you can find fault with. What difference does it make? It's like that, like that sign about uh, bong hits for Jesus. Same thing. I think that we're going to send your ass to Clarence Thomas. No, thank you. See what he'll do with it. You might like it. <laughs> he'll smoke Maybe it. he'll smoke it. <laughs> he likes crack. Yeah. He also likes smoke. Back to meat. 27 after 10 at 560 WQAM. You get a lot of it. Rogers on Sports Old Radio WQAM. 
Now, wait, what, what the hell was that? Why didn't you warn me? That's in there? What? Whatever that sound was, it sounded like a raspberry to me. Didn't it sound like one to you? I was positive that uh, your friend would never, ever. It was a fart. There we go. This is better. I would have sworn it sounded like a, a crackberry, a raspberry, a blackberry, a poisonberry. That's what we have to send to Joyce, a poisonberry. That's for you, honey. Lots of extra poison for you. Oh, you can tell your fans you don't like their demands. If they have some request, you'll just say no. And then tell Norma Kent to tell the management you want nobody messing with your show. You're on from 10 to 2, and when your shift is through, Tell George you can relax and smoke some weed. And then go tell Joe Bell that he can go to hell. Yes. He even almost makes you miss Greg Reed. Uh-huh. Go to hell. But don't play a fart, the sound of a fart. I don't think Joyce would understand. Because if you play a fart, the sound of a fart, you'll be in trouble with the Beasley clan. Don't do it. Don't play a part. 10.33. Boy, thank God that I uh, recovered from that uh, first one I was going to play. It much really? better bit, the other one, but nevertheless, we can't play it. That's because it's good, and it's got like a little in it here and there. Guess who died? Another death. Really? Oh, yeah. It's going around. Anthony Solomon. Who? Your uncle? An international economic advisor to three presidents who later played a leading part in setting, setting federal monetary policy, died. Now, wait till you hear this. January 18th of kidney failure at his home in New York, he was 88. How come this is just making the rounds now? I don't know. Maybe they just noticed. Solomon held high-level positions in the State Department under Presidents JFK and LBJ. Later had a three-year stint as Undersecretary of Treasury during the administration of Jimmy Carter, whose brother used to pee outside. A lot. Gee, I wonder if he was kin to me, uh, Anthony Solomon. Hey, Anthony. What me? What? Huh? Could be. That's what I asked. I wonder if he was kin to Avram Solomon. Well, that's where it goes. His name wasn't Solomon anyway. It was The Hartford Archdiocese is being sued again for alleged abuse, sexual abuse by a priest, this time by an Arizona man. Edward Cherninka claims he was sexually abused in the 1970s by the Reverend Louis Paterzo, a priest who worked with Hartford troubled youth until the first accusations against him surfaced in 2002. Suninka was a 7th grade student at the Reverend Daniel Berry Jr. High School in Hamden when he says he was molested by the priest. Let's see, 7th grade would be how old? About 12? Uh, okay. 13, yeah. Paterzo admitted to sex abuse claims made by two other men and was stripped of his priestly authority. The Archdiocese paid out $22 million in 2005 to settle claims against 14 of its priests, including Paterzo. There's no Hartford phone listing for Paterzo. This is just in Hartford, Connecticut. They paid out $22 million in 2005. And you people continue going, you getchkeys out there, you fools, you brainwashed idiots. And you put your um, money in the plate. Well, they got to collect that cash so they can pay off all these uh, claims, you know. You know, there's a lot cheaper of expensive ways. Expensive court cases. There's cheaper ways they can go to Thailand. And I don't want to say that the Latin Americans are brainwashed either, but I gave Paco a um, Allegra to take for allergies, which has been working very well for him, by the way. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And 
he he took it with like a glass of soda, and I I noticed maybe I wasn't supposed to see it. He crossed himself before he uh, took the pill. <laughs> well, that's how you got to do it in Mexico. You know, you don't know what you're getting. Uh, seriously, I mean, what is that? I, I, didn't I don't say know. a word. Of course, not me. Right. They got some superstitions over there. Superstitions, to say the least. Not in the Catholic Church. Not like Hocus Pocus. Well, no, I like the story I had yesterday about how we need a lot more exorcisms. And this mm -hmm. Pope with the silly red shoes, this Pope is big on exorcism for Christ's sakes. Oh, well, my God. For whose sake did you think? What? For whose sake did you think, if not Christ's sake? why you do this to me? I don't know. I'm afraid, Dimi. Please, Dimi. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Yeah, Be afraid. <laughs> All right. This would be a good song to play all day, every day. You know, jerks likes playing music on the uh, in the background. This would be the QM theme song. Well, too you know, yesterday, that, I, I told you this before the show, and I'll say it on the air, that, that memo or whatever you want to call it from Dennis Collins across the street, that is the most juvenile, the most embarrassing piece of slop I have ever seen put out by somebody who is supposedly an adult. Forget about whatever position he's in, you know, prone or otherwise, you're standing. Dennis, you are such an a-hole man, such a jerk, such a wannabe, such a radio loser. He'll, and he's a good one to talk about how QAM uh, wishful thinking on our part. He'll never recover from that snooze cruise from when we put WNWS out of business and they had to start mm -hmm. brokering that station because they were getting broker and broker. What a jerk. That, that seems to be, radio seems to be filled with management jerks. Huh, coincidence? Idiotic jerks. No, it's not a coincidence. And that's because most management people in radio don't come from programming. They come from sales. sales. Oh, right. my God. Bean sales. Counters. That's right. They don't know nothing about programming. All right. they know is... Sales people are isoles. That's right. right. They know how to add columns of numbers. And not well. Get an abacus, man. That's what we need. Now, if we got all... Now, you want to go back to this thing, Lumpy, and start arguing about whether... I know what you're saying... But if we're going to say the best candy in the world, that, that, that encompasses so much more than just what we're talking about here. Now, well, what are you trying to say is in a candy bar? M&M's. But, now, what do you stop? Don't you Smarties. find M&M's in the same place where you find all the other candy bars? So it's not in that particular form, okay? Jesus, what a, what a nitpicker. Although you did send a very funny uh, thing on it in MySpace. What was that yesterday? It was, it was cute. Uh, Ted Kennedy talking to Obama. Oh, yeah. And what did it say? Something about, can I drive you home? And if I drive her home, can I be vice president? Yeah, right. It was cute. Too bad you're not that creative on the air, but nevertheless, it was hey, good. Hey, give him time. The best candy, because if we start with candy, I mean, it can be like, you know, those slices, those orange slices and lot. They come oh, yeah. different, uh, you know what I'm talking sure, about? Sure, I know. With sugar Red all over them. and good and plenties. Yeah. Well, no, mm. those are, yeah. That's candy, not candy bar. So then you're agreeing with him that M&M's is not candy bar? I, I listen, I don't care. You think I care? Uh, I'm asking Call you a question. You Can't you, no wonder your wife hates you like poison. Well, she, she doesn't. doesn't die. Can't you give a she straight doesn't. answer? I think that's the only kind of candy. M&M's are not candy, candy bars. Bar of course not. <laughs> so it shouldn't be on here. Maybe that's why we Correct. didn't put it on here the first time. Now let's see if it got any votes. Yeah, it's already got one. Oh, and, and he puts on M&M's plain. I didn't say to put on M&M's plain. George said we should do plain and peanuts. I right thought, here. yeah. Oh, 
Why not? They're different. M&M's peanut And so are all the different Hershey bars and Nestle's bars. And we're getting faxes from people wanting all the different ones. And we're getting faxes from people that want all the different ones on there. Yes. You can take those faxes and wipe uh, Josh Friedman's ass with them, okay? All right. Well, I'm sending you a copy so we can do it all at the same time. What? We can do a team wipe. Will you get that off of their M&M's plane? You, you can't put all the varieties on it. That's like saying, what's your best canned pasta? What's your favorite canned pasta? Yeah. And then putting like 75,000 different Chef Boyardees on there and all the 84,000 Franco-Americans. Right. Why not? Beefaroni's not bad. Beefaroni yeah. with, uh, with some Swiss cheese in it. Man. Oh. Put it, put it oh. in a bowl. Oh. Put a couple of slices of Swiss cheese in like with a fork. Like, uh, you oh. know, mush it all through in there. And then How about just eat Swiss all cheese and throw the can out the window? Nuke it. No, I'm telling you. You don't like a beef oh, Come on now. Poison RG. What's wrong with you? Oh. I mean, I'll have it, like the ravioli every once in a while in desperation. But yeah, geez. how about raviolios? Okay. Please add the Hershey's Take 5 See? bar. It has everything. Oh. Everybody wants their favorite uh, sub-Hershey. It's like chubby, hubby, and candy right. bar form. What? I said everybody wants their uh, favorite kind of yeah. Hershey bar. Well, too bad. Come on. Too bad. We're not going to put all the 85 Why not? kinds of... What's it okay, to you? Okay, go ahead. Put them all on there. Put 4,000 Hershey uh, candy bars on all there. What right, do I care? All right. Then I can read the poll three times and we can go home and it'll be 2 o'clock That's already. That's the plan, man. Okay, sounds like a plan to me. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Miss Peterson. Yes. Hi, this is Bob Williams down at Sawyer's. Bob's boss. Oh, hi. How are you? How are you today? Fine. Um, are you sitting down? Yes. Uh, I, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. What do you mean bad news? Um, I understand that Bob's been with us for almost 20 years now, and Bob's okay, isn't he? Uh, oh, Bob's fine. Oh. A little upset, but fine. Uh, he's been a good worker for us. He's made all his quotas. His bonuses have always been in line. Um, but we're gonna have to let him go. And what do you mean? We're going to have to fire him, and unfortunately, being the boss, sometimes you have to do things that you're not very pleased doing. Wait, that's not very fair. Uh, he's, I, he's been very loyal to you. Yes, he has. That's like a slap in the face. Um, I can imagine you feeling that way, absolutely, but... Feeling that way? You don't understand. We just had a baby. Yes, I we do understand. We have bills up the yin-yang. Uh, understood. This is a very hard time to do this kind of a thing. I, I fully agree with you, but there's something that's happened down here at the office that, that we can't overlook. It's an, it's an image problem and a problem that you might want to address yourself. Um, I don't know quite how to tell you, though. Why are you firing him? Um, well, what it, specific it's, reason? What did he do? It, it's a little delicate. Unfortunately, we found him on top of his desk making love to his secretary. Oh, that son of a bitch! Well, I can understand you being upset at this point, but... Upset is not the word. That stupid, rotten son of a bitch. I can't believe this. Well, um, he's going to need your support through this. Support my f***ing head! All right, right now he's on his way home to you and he... he on his way home to me? Yes. He's got another thing coming when he gets home. I'm going to change the locks on the door. I'm throwing his f*** outside on the front lawn. He can just have it all. I am, I'm not even going to be here when he gets back. That what? son of a bitch. And now, now, I don't feel so bad about f***ing his brother. Amen. Me either. 1047 at 560 WQM. Happy Thursday to you. Boy, talk about stuff like that. A top official in the... This is from the Boston Globe. In the Patrick administration, has been placed on unpaid leave because he was arrested in Florida 
and charged with sexually assaulting a 15-year-old male in a steam room at a $500 a night Gulf Coast resort. Oh, no. Carl Stanley McGee, 38, Assistant Secretary for Policy and Planning, is scheduled to be arraigned next week for sexual battery in Lee County, Florida. McGee helped draft Patrick's casino bill, life sciences legislation, and his plan to bring broadband Internet service to the farthest reaches of the state. According to police reports, McGee was arrested December 28th and accused of performing oral sex on the 15-year-old who was a guest at the Gasparilla Inn and Club, a 95-year-old hotel and championship golf course in Boca Grande. McGee was held overnight on 300 grand bond. Few state employees were aware of the arrest and account had appeared in local newspaper, the Boca Beacon. You ever hear the Boca Beacon? No. I bet you Chicken Neck heard of the Boca Beacon. Probably. In fact, maybe he could get a job writing for it. Good idea. McGee's co-workers said they had been told he was out sick. I bet he is. McGee, whose annual salary is about 150 grand, couldn't be reached for comment. His lawyer, Charles Rankin, didn't return phone calls from the Boston Globe. Kofi Jones, spokesman for McGee's direct supervisor, issued a brief written statement saying, Mr. McGee was placed on administrative leave effective January 7th, pending the outcome of the matter. McGee, former Rhodes Scholar and Harvard Law School graduate, was previously a corporate lawyer at the law firm Wilmer Hale. He was instrumental in the movement, seeking to defeat efforts to overturn legislation of same-sex marriage, serving as the director of the civic and business outreach efforts of the advocacy group Mass Equality. Well, at least he's not no hypocrite, anyway. A year after same-sex marriage became legal in Massachusetts in May 2004, McGee's wedding to John Finley IV was highlighted in the vow section of the New York Times. Former State Senator James Berrios officiated. Known for his shock of platinum hair, McGee was named one of the Boston Globe's 25 most stylish Bostonians in November. You fairy! In the article, he described his style as traditional, but it's also subversive and ironic. He said, you can't wear pinstripe suits and have my hair color, he said. Ah, how do you like that? A rat. Oral is uh, moral. That's what Bob Kuntz once said. Thank God we don't hear about him anymore. Oh, jeez, I don't know. Let's hope not. Let's hope not is right. God, enough already. The oral majority, my ass. Now, what is this? Oh, mm. my God, look at that. I know. Well, all of a sudden, there's a spate of these stories now have a similar, uh, I don't That's know, right. A similar aroma. Variations of uh, theme. Oh, is there more to it? No, no, no that's just fact That right? is it. Got one for the poll. Take five. Okay, that's another Hershey bar. Hershey's take five. Okay, put it on there. Take we five. We'll take it all. It has pretzel peanut butter. First of all, that's another thing. I don't mind pretzels. I'm not crazy about pretzels. I mean, I like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't eat them, right. but I don't like pretzels with anything like with uh, chocolate on chocolate them. Yeah. Or with, uh, mm. peanut butter. Ah, I'll have to be desperate. It has pretzel, no. peanut butter, peanuts, caramel, cut it with chocolate. It's the ultimate. Well, it sounds like crap. That, that's uh, from Brian. Thanks, Brian. So put take five on there, okay? Done. Lump. Done. I notice M&M has got four votes. See, you, if you're going to listen to George and put all these different variations, M&M's plain, M&M's peanut, M&M's, uh, yeah, enough already. Stop. Why? Because I said so. That's oh, all right. That's a good enough reason. I could put lots more on there, but you know what? I don't want to. Right. That's it. You're starting <laughs> to catch on. I don't want to. I don't want to. God, are you, you're something. You are a great human being, but a hard ass. Yeah. Am I right, Chris? Is he a hard ass or what? From time to time. The hardest ass you'll know. Yeah, I know. I don't want to know. I don't want to be anywhere near it. With just over a year to go in his five-year sentence, former TV weatherman Bill Kamal you has filed new motions in federal court to vacate his sentence, according to Local 10. Is that what they're calling themselves now, Local 10? Yeah, Local 10. Oh, my God. 
He's serving time in prison after his 2004 arrest in an Internet sexting, although we did not get to see him on Dateline. Damn it. Kamala is asking not only for his sentence to be thrown out, he's also asking the court to remove the lifetime supervision he'll face after his release. Local 10's Julie Summers reports this crap. Miss Kamal, the former Channel 7 meteorologist, was arrested in October 2004 outside a convenience store in Fort Pierce, accused of arranging to have sex with a minor, but the 14-year-old boy he had been conversing with over the Internet turned out to be an undercover detective instead, a private dick. If I were the judge reading this motion, I'd be very concerned that he hadn't accepted responsibility for his actions because in this motion he's saying he didn't do anything wrong, said legal, Local 10 legal analyst Lee Stapleton. Uh, what does that mean, Local 10? Well, what is that? I know we got NBC6 and CBS4 and Local 10. That's to remind you and that they're a local and, and, and station. Seven. That's right. They're talking about you. They're local. In case Kamala's not... former attorney, Jeffrey Volok, believes the motion really has no substance at all. He told uh, Local 10 that Kamal's claims that he was pressured into a plea deal is simply not true. It's not true, Miss Kamal. A lot of times in these types of cases, the individuals don't really want to admit they have a problem, and not admitting they've got a problem creates another problem, said Volok. But in a 2005 prison house interview with Local 10, Kamal said differently. I was a weatherman, a meteorologist. I wasn't a news person. I didn't have my Rolex filled with detectives and federal agents. Who the hell knew what I was doing? Well, obviously he didn't. Volek said Kamal's forgetting about the explicit emails he sent to the supposed 14-year-old boy. According to investigators, one read, It would be our secret a dad's son's love plus the sex. Who the hell would have thought that by being alone in my house in the confines of my own secure home that I was A, committing a felony, and B, that this would happen to me, Kamal said in an interview in 2005 with Local Yokel 10. Local 10. What is that? Volek said he believes differently. Bill would be better off if he comes to grips with what he did and move forward in his life, the attorney said. Kamal's scheduled release date is March of next year. He's going to be marching out of there and marching right down to the uh, tea room. But he could be placed in a halfway house before then, Summer said. A judge has ruled that prosecutors must respond to Kamal's motion within the next few weeks. Well, we'll keep glued to Local 10 so we can keep you abreast of that and see how Miss Kamal is doing. That would be a good poll question. Who is your favorite weather fairy? All right. Although, I don't think... Uh, so many to choose from. There are. Aren't Mr. there? Cross. What? Yeah, Miss Kamal. Hey, boy, what's that in your mouth? Yeah, little Brian never did the weather that I know of. So we can't call him the Lonnie weather Quinn. Of course, also the paper boy there at Channel 7. Is he still on there? Craig Stevens? I don't watch that channel, so I don't know. I imagine don't know he is. Is he still on that channel? I imagine he what is. What about Miss Andrew? She keeps flipping up all over the place, Brian Andrew. You still see it uh, every now and then. American City's greatest test. Uh, a test that President Cohen and President Francis and so many political leaders uh, and community leaders... And the idea that people are watching him debate Hillary Clinton, listening to his speeches and listening to her, and then they're still going to vote for her, that idea is enough to make me just gag, just enough to make me go across the street to the convenience store, get all of these candies that are on that pole, and just kill myself by uh, chocolate. Am I right? How can anybody listen to him? How can anybody uh, it's just... I know. I know. If her name was Smith or Jones, mm-hmm. like I've said a million times, she wouldn't get four votes. Shrill, nasty, cold as ice. The Minnesota Court of Appeals has ruled that a mother who didn't like the way her baby circumcision looked can't sue a Fridley Hospital for medical malpractice. Fridley. Don Nelson sued Unity Hospital and Dr. Steve Bereska, claiming the doctor removed the most erogenous tissue after the boy was born January 21, 2000, without consulting either parent. 
Can we move the most ero- How the hell does she know what's the most erogenous tissue? She got one? She's heard tales. Nelson and the boy's father, David Nelson, were unhappy with the result. David Nelson, gee, I wonder how Ricky's doing. And Harriet, Nazi, and Lumpy. Now, let's see, Lumpy, was he was on uh, Leave it to Beaver. Correct. Who was the next-door neighbor? He also is dead on uh, Ozzie and Harriet. On Ozzie and Harriet? I never He's watched dead. it. Well, whatever. Attorney Zenas Bayer, who's representing the mother and son, said he was disappointed with the court ruling. He said federal regulations say there has to be a signed informed consent before uh, form before any surgery. Argued that the checked-off box on a form regarding circumcision is beside the point, saying, isn't the mom allowed to change her mind? Bayer said his client plans to appeal. Don Nelson initially sued the doctor, alleging that assault and battery negligence took place. That claim was settled separately. The claims against Unity Hospital and its parent company, Alina Health System, went forward. Nelson claimed the hospital had a duty to verify that the doctor obtained informed consent and claimed the hospital had been deceptive or misleading in its informed consent policy. They chopped it off, baby. As for the child, another surgeon performed a revision for cosmetic purposes shortly after the initial circumcision. Let's get a moyer. Let's get a good Jewish Rebbe in there who knows what the, uh, where to cut. Where to slice it. Biggest name. The best talent. Maybe some alcohol. This is the Neil Rogers Show. Good idea. This is your brain. Good idea, Brandon. Tootsie Roll. Any questions? Off the Dina John. 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 Off the Crazy It's 1103 at 560 WQM. That's where we're going to school. We're all joining hands. We're all going to FU. All right. Plan to me. That's what the, our management tells us, FU. Yeah, I'm not going to FU. Thank God for that, too. In fact, thank God. Hey, oh, God. For a lot of things. All you with the God Squad out there, all you uh, silly people with your uh, God. Uh, hocus pocus. How, about, how are we doing on this poll, on the new poll? Thank God I changed that, too, you know it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I didn't tell about on the air? I told you off there, and you were in shock, and I knew everybody would right. be. And when the audience hears this, they're going to say, oh, you must be losing it. Well, I don't think so. <coughs> so yesterday we went to lunch, me and Paco, and uh, we ordinarily go to, you know, two or three pretty regular places. And he decided uh, yesterday, let's try Red Lobster. And I thought, oh, jeez. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that would have been my reaction, too. You right. know, I'm easy. I'll go along with anything. I'll figure out. I'll get a bowl of chowder. They do have usually pretty good chowder. Chowder. And I'll, uh, you know, get something else. It was great. Unbelievable. I know. 
That was the first thing that came to my mind when I sat down. Unbelievable. Even when I looked at the menu, which they've changed, uh, they have lobster pizza, and they have incredible mushroom stuff with uh, lobster, with the cheese melted on it, and they have just great stuff. It was, oh, man, the shrimp to die for. used to be to die from. And gigantic portions, usually they used to they give you like a little turd on a plate, you know, like the lump. And it was great. And then the clam chowder was, it was sensational. I might actually go back there again today. Really? It, it was that good. I'm not, wow. I'm not, uh, well, I feel compelled because I've ripped them over the years, and probably deservedly so, and everybody I ever talked to says, ah, uh -huh. like that, uh -huh. you know. But it was really good. Now, oh, I don't know if that's just the one here, because I have eaten at the one here before long ago, maybe like five years ago. I tried it, not, no, no thanks. Tried it a couple of times. No thanks. But now it's great. A shocker. And I feel compelled to tell everybody about it, because maybe they want to try it. And then, of course, with my luck, they'll try it. And, oh, mm -hmm. gee, it's still the same old crap. Neil, we're sorry. Well, maybe if I'm in Canada, I'll try it. You won't be in Canada. I might. When's that? Coming up? I mean, I'm going to Toronto. I'll go to Vancouver. 200, why, why is that? What, what are you going to find in Vancouver that you're not going to find here? What are you going to be able to do? Oh, you can do that here, no problem. Oh, can I? All right, great. Yeah. Everybody else does. Why shouldn't you? BRT. 211 votes on the pull. The best candy bar in the world is, and it doesn't have to actually be a bar, okay? Okay, Lumpy, it doesn't have to be a candy bar. Okay. But if you're going to put candy in the way, uh, just generic, it can be fudge, you know. You want to put fudge on there. I like, you love fudge. Don't you like, you know, anybody doesn't like fudge? Yes. And it's so rich and so it just sends your blood sugar skyrocketing sure. like through the through the ceiling. But it's good. Except for that stale fudge that they sell like at Stookies, you know, on the interstates. I know people that don't like chocolate. Yeah, you keep telling me that. Strange so, people from another planet. Right, that's right. Must be. The best candy bar in the world is Snickers 48. It's pulling away just like it did that other. Aguilar and Bratman welcome little Max Liron Bratman to the world on January 12th. An aiming and circumcision ceremony took place on January 20th. But the news evidently just filtered down the line. Like that guy who died, that Solomon guy. Solomon Schwartz, yeah. whatever his name was. Yitzhak uh, Rabinowitz. Oh, we're back up. All right. Oh. Let's hear it for the QM Engineering, man. They're the best when they show up, which isn't very often. When are you going back to Gulfstream again? I don't know, but uh, soon. I hear we're doing more of those. Good. Yeah. Take some security with you, by the way, and if uh, certain people show up. I think that's a good idea. I'm, I'm serious. I'm going to take some hard pipe-hitting friends. 279 in the pool. Tootsie Roll finally got one. Mr. Goodbar got one. Everybody's got at least one. Arrow's got uh, two. Arrow Bar. You have got to buy one of those. They're, they're not They're small. Uh, they're I'll go look cheap. for one. I'll, uh, you know. I'll give it a shot. I'll test now, drive it. If you tell me that you like it, I'll be shocked. I'll let you know. It's got air holes in it. <laughs> well, for extra That's flavor, called, I don't right. understand. And they have it in, in chocolate and in mint. And okay. One, I think one other one, too, dark chocolate. You know what? They all suck. They all have all right. that same airy, you know. If I, want, if I want air, I'll breathe it. I don't want to eat it. I'll breathe it. A blind Calypso musician and his band were thrown off a Ryanair plane as suspected terrorists were awarded a total of 4,000 pounds in damages yesterday, 8 grand. This is in the, uh, what's this from? I don't know. Some, oh, the Brit Guardian. Michael Toussaint and four members of the London-based Caribbean Seal International Orchestra were escorted off the plane at gunpoint by Italian police without warning or explanation were not allowed back on despite being cleared by authorities within 20 minutes. Terrorists! 
Having been thrown off the plane on New Year's Eve 2006, leaving them stranded in Sardinia, the band were only offered a flight to Liverpool by airline the following day. They then missed the last coach back from Liverpool to London and were forced to spend a miserable night in the town's bus station, having failed to find a hotel room. That'd be like spending the night at the Niagara Falls bus station. Boy, it's, it's about the size of your thumb. It's thumb place. A judge ruled the airline hadn't acted reasonably and had failed in its duty to take care of the passengers, especially Toussaint, who was entitled to special care because of his disability. He's blind. A blind terrorist. Well, we have, what was that guy at the World Trade Center the first time? Which, which one was that? He was blind. Right. Mohammed uh, Shmagegi. Mm-hmm. He also found the company. Uh, see, I'm not big on those Muslim names, man. They got to work on the names. They got to do something with it. And at least uh, you know the the black Muslims have come up with better names. But the the Arab Muslims over there, they got to work. You know, everybody is Mohammed, Ahmed, uh, Schwartz. Come on, do better than that. He also found the company issued a false and misleading statement to the BBC, which blamed this on the Italian security authorities. Jason Constantine, 43, a member of the band from West Norwood, South London said, we were being accused of something with no explanation, no apology. We were hurt and angry. For me, the worst part was that the pilot made no effort to speak to us once the police had cleared us. Well, Hubman dreared. He called for an investigation by the Civil Aviation Authority and that people are overusing the terrorist angle to get away with things, and this shows they can't. The band were thrown off the flight to Stansted after a passenger told cabin crew of concern that the band, the group, were sitting separately after sitting together in the terminal building. Boy, talk about mind your own damn business and quit being such a yenta, huh? Don't you hate people like that? Yeah. He also said he believed Toussaint was feigning blindness. The passenger claimed to be a psychology lecturer, then threatened to leave the flight with his family unless the band members were removed. A further two families then made similar complaints. Psychology lecturer, my ass. Echmer, a psychology lecturer, okay, schmuck. That's what you are, a schmendrick, a schlamazel, a schmageggy. Philip Marshall, who acted for the band, said the incident may have already been may have been racially motivated. He said they were the only black people on the flight, and certain members of the crew indicated to the pilot they were not prepared to fly with the group. Oh my God! God forbid we're going to fly with some dark folks. Well, what what is that? What century are they living in over there, them damn stodgy Brits? He said the sum awarded reflected the extreme situation in which the band members were left to fend for themselves. Constantine described being stranded in a deserted and rainy Liverpool on New Year's Day as hell. They were forced to take refuge from the elements in a kebab shop, then a bus shelter until the station opened at 3 a.m. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, he said. In a written statement issued by the mayors in the city of London court yesterday, District Judge Southcombe awarded each band member 800 pounds each, in addition to their out-of-pocket losses of 190 bucks each. Wow. Their embarrassment of being the only black people removed from the aircraft at gunpoint for no reason, their inability to be with their families and friends on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, the overnight stay in the cold in Liverpool have to be taken into account, he said. The judge concluded that Captain Sam Dunlop had ample time to reassess the situation once the Italian authorities confirmed they were bona fide passengers, but did not. He probably was saying, I don't want no Schwarzers on this plane. That's what he was saying. How do you like that? Damn bigoted Brits. They have really done some irreparable harm to this world as we knew it, you know? Yep. That whole British Empire thing. That's your, sure. How'd that work out? Great idea. Yeah. South Africa, India, sure. Australia, New mm-hmm. Zealand, Canada. Right. How's that working out, eh? Although I will say this, there's sure a lot of queens here. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Like the wee-wee. Absolutely. Oh, 
And Pat Riley said, Shaq, had to go. Too much farting in the locker room, baby. It was just clearing that thing out. Maybe now that their uh, brains are going to like uh, settle a little bit, maybe they can go and win a game. You think not? Yeah, they can go. I doubt it. Not soon, anyway. So Steve faxes George and says, George, I will send you an arrow bar. What flavor do you want? Milk chocolate, mint, dark chocolate, or orange? Oh, Let's go for the mint or the milk chocolate. What else? Mints? Sure. You like the mints? And not if I can help it. I'll also send you a crunchy. Now, crunchy you'll love. You will love a crunchy and a flake. I don't know what that is. So you can share it with a lunk. Got lots share of flakes around here, but I'll take another one. Why not? I don't know what that is, a flake. Well, we'll find crunchy, out. That's one of my very favorites. It's a Canadian thing, eh? You won't find it there, I don't think. Although I said that about Smarties, too. And then, of course, uh, some Smarty ass. Like that woman that kept bringing him by at the hospital. He and sisters convicted of adultery face being stoned to death after the Supreme Court upheld death sentences against them. Irene Media be reporting. That's what the Bible says, baby, and they don't even believe in that Bible. Stone them to death. If your kids are disobedient, stone them to death. If they like to look at your cross eye, stone them to death. The two sisters were found guilty of adultery, a capital crime in Iran, after the husband of one of the pair presented a video showing them in the company of other men while he was away. Here's my financial guy. but Oh, my God. This goes on. I'm doing a radio show now, Bill. Okay, you're a great guy, and thanks for all your help, but leave me alone. The penal court of Tehran province already sentenced the sisters identified only as Zora, 27, and Azar to stoning, the newspaper said. And already sentenced the sisters identified only as Zora, 27, and Azar to stoning, the newspaper said. And that doesn't mean just stoning like a little bit, you know, stoned to death. Right. The Aeternad newspaper quoted Jabar Salati, their lawyer, saying that the sisters had initially been tried for illegal relations and had received 99 lashes. However, they were convicted of adultery in a second trial for the same incident. The pair admitted they were in the video but argued there was no adultery as no scene on the video showed them engaged in any sexual act. But how you like that? They're going to get stoned to death in Iran. And also, here's the thing. Iran gas shortages plague Ahmadinejad. Well, it goes. He's got issues, man. He's got... Well, maybe he took a page out of my book. You know, dress sloppy. Then they will fear you. Right. So I wonder, how do you... Like Mo used to say to me, how do you walk out of the house looking like that? He didn't say it to me, but, you know, behind my back. I wonder if uh, our new guy, DA, is familiar with uh, Mo Howard David. I would think so. I don't know. Well, being a sports nerd guy, everybody knew Mo Howard David. I think he might be fascinating. Maybe, maybe if Lump ever works with him on one of his shows, you think that might happen? Uh, hopefully not. Why not? Because he does 9 to 12. No, I'm talking about like on a weekend or something. Oh, yeah, maybe. Th- that was a shot. That was bad. Why? 
I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, I just like don't he's on Sunday from 11 to 2. Wouldn't that be a nice time for you to come in, Sunday 11 to 2? Well, I work uh, Sunday morning, so yeah. You'll probably see him then. You can regale him with some of those great stories about Mo Howard David. Because I'm sure you know anybody new to the scene wonders what yeah wonders what that is. And you know what? Even after all this time, I still wonder what it is. Best candy bar in the world. How many votes we got on this award-winning poll? Three fifty, three twelve. Now, what do we have in the first one? When I, I Schmidt canned it. I don't know. I don't care either. We had over a thousand. I know that. Ten twenty-three. So we got thirteen hundred and some odd. If you put them together. It doesn't make any difference. Make me stop doing that, by the way, with the numbers. Stop. Okay, I won't. What do we got now, 13-1? Anyway, here's the poll result. Best candy bar in the world, Snickers, 69. Reese's, 29. I'm sorry, man. I just... These must be the same people with favorite ice cream flavors, vanilla. Maybe. Vanilla. Delicious, no taste. And let me say to you again. Any food that is not good by itself... That has to have an accoutrement. Is it ain't nothing? Am I right? Yeah, pretty much. Like if they bring you like a Ruth Chris, you don't ask for a steak sauce. I mean, you can, but the steak is so juicy and so delicious without it that it's an insult to think you'd have to smear something on there to make it taste better. Any food that you have to smear something on to make it taste better is uh, I don't know. Although now I take that back because like pasta, you don't want to eat by itself, right? Right. Without without sauce. Oh, well, you have butter noodles sometimes, just a little butter Yeah, you salt. can have that yeah, if you like want. That. Then your cholesterol goes zooming sure. up there, and you're, you've got a bad that's headache, right. man. You ever get a cholesterol headache? I, how would I know that if that's what that was? If you had, like, a lot of butter? No, I don't think so. Wow. Oh, my God. It goes, like, to the top of your forehead, and then all the way to the top. It's not good. Snickers, 69. Reese's, 29. Speaking of not good, Reese's sucks. What what is with the peanut butter thing? What is that all about? I I don't know. I can't handle peanut butter by itself. Why not? I used to eat it out of the out of the with a, with a spoon. I had too much. I reached my out saturation of the, out point. of the bottle. Yeah. Man. Me too. Jiff and right. Skippy. That's I why. Really like Skippy. Because for a while there, that's all I had. So you just eat spoonfuls of it. Yeah. Can't stand right. it anymore. Can't stand the smell of it anymore. The best candy bar in the world: Snickers sixty nine, Reese's thirty, Butterfinger twenty three. I can't. I'm not going to read them all. Just double digits. Three Musketeers, 17. Almond Joy, 17. I don't think, I don't know. I don't see those here either. I'm, I, I don't want them. I don't want them because they got coconut. Right? Right. I mean, I don't mind processed. coconut, but I just. I, don't I like real coconut, but not that processed, shredded. Mung. Mung. Coconut. Coconut mung. Twix, 17. Horrible. Milky Way, 15. Baby Ruth, 12. Put that baby in the uh, punch bowl. Heath Bard, 11. And M&M is 10. Anybody got now? Everybody's got at least one. Tootsie Roll's only got one out of three twenty-one. I don't know. To me, Tootsie Roll is like tasteless. You know, it's like uh, mm-hmm. maybe if that was the last thing there, if that was all they had in the candy rack, which would be unlikely. But if that was the only thing, maybe I'd get Tootsie Roll. Right. Right. Ever see Tootsie Roll? Just this morning. Yeah, we know what you're rolling. Oh, and of course, this day wouldn't be complete, nor would any other day, without a story about. Yeah, Shaq? No. Oh, come on. Brittany? There we go. He's gone, Shaq, okay? He's gone. He ain't coming back. He's like Kane. Kane went to New York, fella. Oh, and it's almost noon. You realize it's almost time for our uh, Maccabi Steakhouse thing? That's right. See, I've lost track of what day it is anymore. I mean, it's Thursday, but to me it feels like uh, generic. You know, I don't don't Mm -hmm. know what it is. 
When news of Britney Spears' release from UCLA Medical Center broke, there, weren't, there wasn't immediate cause for panic from some of those close to her. I'm glad it happened quickly. Hopefully she's really on the way for more treatments than one person close to her. And then just hours later, as if she were literally trying to remind the world exactly who's in the driver's seat, Spears put herself back behind the wheel of a car. Unfortunately, this isn't common, said someone with close ties to the same program she was in at UCLA. Patients like Brittany go right back to their habits until they've hit rock bottom. Rock solid. No, rock bottom. She obviously hasn't hit rock bottom, despite what it looks like from outside. The developments have left many wondering just what happened during your hospital stay. If this is the end result for a jarring portrait of Spears prior to hospitalization, it says take a look at their uh, Rolling Stones profile of her. According to the UCLA source, Spears' days in the facility were spent under close medical uh, observation, where doctors tried to determine whether Spears was responding to medicines and becoming stable, and the staff is going to great lengths to explain her condition to her. Because Spears is an adult, she can't be held there against her will once she's no longer deemed harmful to herself or others. Obviously, everyone who's ever had a connection to Britney is worried, said one person who used to work with Spears. From the sound of it, the worries are far from over. Far from over. Oh, my God. Right. If it turns out she does have a bipolar disorder, she'll struggle with this illness for the rest of her life, said Andy Berman, who chronicled his battle with bipolar disorder in Electro Boy, a memoir of mania. Berman also adds that this period of her life when she's trying to get treatment is among the hardest. It's the most painful process, and people who are bipolar are used to being confined when they've led their lives at 150 miles an hour. What does that mean? I know what bisexual is, but what is, what is bipolar? Like manic depressive, I assume? Like schizophrenic? I don't know. Like a little bit of this and a little bit of that? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. That's a good cop-out. That's a great answer. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. This and that and these and them and those. This and that. 11.55 at 560 WQM. This is Brady Quinn. Whenever I shave my balls, I listen to the Neil Rogers 12 for 1 hour. All right. Tom Brady's out. I want to win. You ain't going to like Brady Quinn. Oh, he's a football player, dude. A solid wall of meat. The kind of guy that I want to do that's good enough to eat. I want to give him the water day, but there's no chance at all. So does that make me a sports queer if I want to see him grab the ball? Absolutely. Oh, baby, wow. Look at that kid. You ain't seen no damn boy like Grady Quinn. All right. I got a high-depth TV screen that helps me see his bones. I can do a lot I wanna, but I ain't gonna never get none. And on the days of a vision school, okay, that's not so great. But I'm gushing over him madly, at least until he's 28. I'm Brady now. I want some win. You ain't seen no man quite like Brady Quinn. Oh, baby, wow. Look at that kid. You ain't seen no man quite like Brady Quinn. Okay, 12 noon at 560 WQAM. These things are going like hotcakes, the Maccabi Steakhouse certificates. $100 certificates for just 50 bucks. We started with 50, and now we got 35. All right. Are you impressed? Yes. 30. Look at that. How many we got? About 30, man. Wow. So we sold 20 and about two shakes of a lamb's tail. 
So that's good. we got 30 left there for you. And I'm not going to get all bent out of shape and excited. The food is great there. It's a wonderful place, and uh, et cetera, and so on. And uh, there you go. Like I said, told you many, many, many times, once they're gone, yeah, they're gone. Oh. Republican Party politicos espouse an unflagging devotion to old-fashioned morality and family values, inveighing heavily against gay marriage, abortion, homosexuality, adultery, feminism, crime, stem cell research, secularism, and liberalism, all of which they tend to lump together. All of these things. As different facets of the same evil decadence, writes Michael Parenti in CommonDreams.org. GOP leaders dilate on the need to go put God back into public life. Many of them even claim to be directly guided by their deities' mandate when legislating and governing. Their private deeds, however, frequently betray their words. Consider this incomplete sampling of politically prominent social conservatives who preach the conventional virtues to their constituents while practicing something else in their off hours. Oh, this is a long... Oh, this is good. good. You bet. How are we doing with that uh, thing there? 21. Oh, we're kicking ass. Recently, deceased Representative Henry Hyde, Illinois Republican, played a key role in the impeachment campaign waged against the adulterous President Bill Clinton. The several obituaries I read about Hyde failed to mention that he had a six-year liaison with a young married mother of three children. That was in uh, Weston, remember? Yep, sure do. The woman's former husband blamed Hyde for the divorce that followed from the affair and for the emotional damage inflicted on his children. Hyde dismissed the affair as a youthful indiscretion and having ended when he was just a callow youngster of 43 or so. <laughs> in 1992, Hyde divorced his wife for 45 years. Soon after that, she died, and he quickly remarried. Representative Bob Livingston, Louisiana Republican, married with four children, resigned as House Speaker-elect after his marital infidelities made the headlines in 1998. Speaker of the House, Republican Newt Gingrich, led the charge against the philandering Clinton while himself carrying on an affair with a congressional aide. Gingrich hastened a divorce action against his second wife while she was hospitalized with cancer in order that he might marry the aide. At one point, Gingrich's ailing ex-wife and children had to get material assistance from their local church, having received insufficient sums from Gingrich himself. In 2007, he claimed to have come to grips with his personal failures, having sought a God's forgiveness. Right. Republican Baptist minister Bill Randall who had been aggressively touted by the Republican Party as a candidate for the U.S. House in Florida, admitted that he had fathered an illegitimate child in the 80s. After confirming the child's existence, he changed his story the next day during a press interview, suddenly insisting that his teenage son was the father. Sensing that nobody would swallow that story, so to speak, Randall again reversed course, admitted to paternity. He did everybody a favor by dropping out of the 98th congressional race. Bob Barr was a Georgia GOP congressman until 2003, after which he became a conservative activist. While still married to his first wife, he was romancing the woman who'd become his second. Barr was on record as a staunch right-to-lifer, but this didn't prevent him from driving wife number two to a clinic and paying the cost for her abortion. He soon took on a new mistress who became wife number three shortly after he dumped number two. While in Congress, Barr offered the Defense of Marriage Act, probably with good reason. Three leading candidates for the Republican 2008 presidential nomination, Rudy Giuliani, John McCain, and Newt Gingrich, had five divorces among them, all involving adultery. On the Democratic side, three frontrunners, John Edwards, Hillary Clinton, and Barack Obama, had neither divorces nor infidelities, yet it was the Republicans who laid claim of being keepers of the traditional family values crap while damning the liberals for their amorality and profligacy. In 2007, Senator David Vitter, a Louisiana Republican and family values man, made the news for having patronized a prostitution ring in Washington, D.C. for several years and earlier having used the services of a New Orleans brothel over a five-month period. Vitter refused to resign, assuring everyone I've asked for and received forgiveness from God and my wife but not from... Oh, God! Along with the hypothetical philanderers, there are the subterranean gay blades. 
In 2007, Bob Allen, Florida Republican state legislator married with one child, was arrested in a public restroom after offering to perform oral sex on an undercover officer for 20 bucks. Another restroom adventure was Senator Larry Craig, Republican of Idaho, an outspoken opponent of gays in the military and gay marriage. Craig was famously arrested for directing sexual advances toward an undercover police officer in a men's toilet at Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. The police have been monitoring the restroom because of complaints about sexual activities there. Craig pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct. A number of other men, including one from Craig's college days, identified the senator as having engaged in sexual activity with them or made overtures with that intent, including an encounter in the restrooms at Union Station in Washington, D.C. He likes the tea rooms, baby. Take him to Westland in Hialeah. A few weeks later, another GOP political who consistently voted against gay rights, Washington State Representative Richard Curtis, was caught with his panties down. Dressed in women's lingerie, he met a man in a local erotic video store and went with him to a downtown hotel for a night of oral and anal copulation. Once the story broke, Curtis resigned from Orifice. By now, word on the Internet was that GOP stood for gay old party or greedy old pervert, <laughs> and that Richard Curtis had no public life so he could spend more time masturbating with his family. There are three clans. <laughs> <laughs> the family that pulls together. Right. Sticks together. Yeah. There are three classic cases of ultra-conservative anti-gays, anti-gay gays, who go back half a century. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, McCarthy and investigator and Washington lobbyist Roy Cohen, and Cardinal Francis Spellman of the New York Roman Catholic Archdiocese. All three of these prominent right-wingers and keepers of American homophobic vigilance were themselves secretly full-blown homosexuals who sometimes partied together in the company of choice male escorts back in the days when the press dared not touch such stories. They wouldn't touch it. Good idea. In the above cases, what is deplorable is not only the obvious hypocritical inconsistency between professed beliefs and private behavior, but the professed beliefs themselves, beliefs that advocate discrimination against gays, brand prostitutes as criminals, equate abortion with murder, denounce divorce as a moral threat to family and nation, and treat sex between unmarried consenting adults, even of the heterosexual variety, as sinful fornication. Stone them, baby! Consequently, a noticeable number of conservative politicos faced the daunting task of trying to submerge their lascivious desires in order to live up to their puritanical mouthings, trapped as they are in an unyielding cycle of surreptitious sin and furious public denunciations of the same sins. In recent years, Republican ranks appear to be riddled not only with sexual hypocrites, but far worse, sexual predators. There was the former Republican mayor of Waterbury, Connecticut, Philip Giordano, who is now serving a 37-year sentence for sexual abuse in 2001 of two girls ages 8 and 10. Jim West, conservative Republican mayor of Spokane, Washington, backed a measure to prohibit gays and lesbians from teaching in public schools on the presumption they might get too close to their pupils. Meanwhile, he was using his city hall computer to troll for sex with high school boys. Two men accused West of molesting them when they were Boy Scouts, and he was a troop leader. He was ousted in a recall election in 2005. A GOP congressman from Florida, Mark Foley, was caught sending sexually explicit emails to teenage boys who had served as congressional pages. He reportedly invited one page to engage in oral sex with him, and offer the boy refused. Foley chaired the House Caucus on Missing and Exploited Children, which introduced stricter legislation for tracking sexual predators. Republican congressional leaders have received complaints about him from congressional pages, which they repeatedly failed to act upon. Foley resigned from Congress in 2006. At that time, allegations of improper interactions with congressional pages were leveled at another Republican congressman, Jim Colby of Arizona, who decided not to run for re-election. In 2007, a Florida federal prosecutor working for the Bush administration, operating one of the most conservative United States attorneys' offices in the country, dedicated to a hardline law and order approach, was charged with traveling across state lines to have sex with a five-year-old girl. J.D. Roy Atchison, who had been chatting online with an undercover officer who posed as a mother, offering to let men have sex with a young daughter. 
When arrested en route to his would-be rendezvous with a five-year-old, Atchison was carrying a doll and petroleum jelly. While detained in a federal prison in Michigan, he committed suicide. In such instances, the most reprehensible thing is neither the hypocrisy nor the professed beliefs, but the behavior itself involving the molestation and sexual assault of children and unwilling adolescents. The perpetrators are not merely hypocrites, they are criminals. In these cases, they really are sinners. So the holy hypocrite philanderers, homophobic gays and pedophiles, crow their devotion to traditional morality while pursuing material and emotional plunder more rapaciously than any of us ordinary infidels and libertines. Looking at the above cases and many others that one could add if space and patience allowed, we can conclude that professions of religiosity are no guarantee of moral behavior. If anything, the hypocrites use religion as a bludgeon to be brandished against liberal opponents in order they themselves they might better pursue their aggrandizing goals and desires, no matter how selfish and destructive these may, these may be. If this is morality, who needs degeneracy? All right. What's the name of that story? The name of the story is Bad Boys, Nasty Boys, Out of the GOP's Closet. CommonDreams.org. Michael Parenti wrote it. Excellent. Got it? Got it. Good. If you don't got it, get it. Getting it. Wonder how uh, Miss Kamala's doing and Miss Foley. Yeah. Who he's doing? Now let's see. How are we doing on our thing? Looking now. Fourteen is all we got left. I'm surprised right. that Lump hasn't been interjecting here. Well, what well I was going to say it while you're reading. So why not? Because you were reading. Miss Foley said fourteen's a good number. Maybe a little bit old, but nevertheless. And of course, your governor. Gay. One can only uh, begin to wonder. How long it's going to take before some uh, information is going to start spurting out about your white-haired governor, who's so wildly popular, by the way, and who endorses John McCain. Which you have to be insane with John McCain. Let's see. TomPayne.com is bugging me, and also Air Canada says love is in the air. Well, good. Keep it there. We got 14 left for Maccabi Steak. Oh, 13, like I said. They're going pretty good. We only started, we yeah. started with well, 15. It's an excellent place. The food is delicious. Yes. The uh, service yes. is the great. The atmosphere. You'll love it. What's not fine? The location is good, too. 5861 Sunset Drive in South Miami. It's right there. What's not to like? Like I said. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Bill Ratchman. Is your political love life lifeless? Is there no candidate who really turns you on? Then try all-new Baroxite, the all-natural formula for stronger orgasms. Hillary Clinton does nothing for me, and John McCain left me a little limp. Then I checked out Baroxite, and I had the most incredible obasm. Baroxite stimulates both men and women. I never thought I could have an obasm just watching a man speak, but then I experienced Baroxite. Oh, God. Baroxite is not a drug. It's not an herbal supplement. Baroxite simply gives hope for a more intense, more pleasurable political experience. I had three obasms in one rally. <laughs> I felt like I was 18 again. Now, every time I hear the word change, I need to change my panty. Come, join the thousands of satisfied voters who are having amazing obasms thanks to Baroxite. Baroxite. It's the big O in 08. Oh, the big O. Rock solid. Twelve sixteen at five sixty. WQM. Yeah, Mitt Romney's dropping out. Privately, you know, they understood the real deal. They understood the numbers. They understood uh, that uh, it would be mathematically very, very difficult for Mitt Romney to catch up with John McCain at this point, considering the fact that he is so far ahead, McCain, in terms of the delegate count. I think about sixty percent of the way there. So that leaves you with McCain and Huckleberry Hound. I guess that's all over now, huh? 
Oh, yo, yo. Yeah. <laughs> the crazy guy or the crazy guy? Right. Which crazy guy do the Republicans like best? The one who wants us uh, in Iraq for 100 years and wants war after war after war after Or the one who wants us to uh, burn the Constitution and put the Bible in there instead? Got to have the Christian Bible, baby. Wow. So I guess we are going to uh, suspend the November election. Just uh, put uh, Barack in there now. Sounds like a plan to me. Oh! So you know that shooting at that uh, Ohio school? Yeah. Well, the good news is that it was just a, a husband shooting his wife. Oh, yeah, that happens all the time. No kids were hurt. Bitch probably had it coming. Portsmouth, Ohio, a teacher's husband went to her elementary school today and shot her, but no children were injured. The woman's condition wasn't known, another, and the shooter escaped. Authorities said they were in the process of trying to apprehend the man, but didn't elaborate. The shooting happened about 9 this morning at Notre Dame Elementary, a private Catholic school on the main road in Portsmouth, a community in southern Ohio near the Kentucky border. The school and another Catholic school nearby were locked down, said Deacon Tom Berg, vice chancellor of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Columbus. Well, the Catholic Church has still got some sores, baby. It's either a child molesting priest or some pissed-off husband with a gun who's like, man. We are mobilizing our crisis team and sending them down, Berg said. Parents, many with cell phones clutched to their ears, congregated across the street from the school and began leaving with their children around 10.30 a.m., said Kathy Hall, the orifice manager at the Cornerstone United Methodist Church across the street from the school. I wasn't afraid for my own safety. I was afraid for the children because these turn out so terrible, you know, said Hall. The scene was chaotic with police cars and a few ambulances descending on the school and the fire department blocked off the street. The Methodist Church locked its doors after the shooting, and public schools were also put on lockdown, said Superintendent Jan Broughton, who oversees the community's public schools. The Methodist Church locked their doors. You want to know why? They probably don't want any crazy Catholics with guns shooting them up. I could be wrong, but something to think about. There's Mitt Romney. Mostly, I'm curious, is, is, does this come as a surprise to you? Uh, I mean, what do you think was his but greatest but challenge, why, and why now? Well, uh, why now? I think it's because he, look, you know, it's interesting. You know, those people who cover Mitt Romney and covered him for a long time watched him give PowerPoint presentations on his health care plan and PowerPoint presentations and all the reasons why he should be the president. He's a very data-oriented, numbers-oriented, businessman kind of candidate. And he understands raw numbers. And that's why kind of... Yeah, it's pretty raw, right? Especially when you, you don't wash that uh, magic underwear. It's really raw. So anyway, he's out, so that's it. Romney's out, Huckleberry Hound, and John McCain. That's the best the Republican Party can come up with, man, those two lunks. A couple of old lunkheads. Even Lumpy there uh, thinks they're lunks. Uh-huh. Speaking of Lumpy, how's that candy? Now, boy, if you get those arrow bars, now the crunchy, don't give it to uh, Lumpy. You have it. Okay. In fact, split it with him. All right. Each have half. No, I'm serious. Crunchy, crunchy how, now how's it doing? Probably not too well in the pool because... It's a Canadian thing, eh? Next to I got two votes. Now, the first time we did this pool, we had a 1,000 votes, and Crunchy got, uh, oh, I don't know, because I chopped it off. I threw it out. What a shame. I think 12. Yeah, it had 12. And that's only got a pair. Now, we had a 1,000 votes on this the first time we'd done it. Now, we got 382, but we just started, like, in uh, right at the beginning of the show. We didn't cheat like I usually do. Yeah. Yeah. Best candy bar in the world, Snickers 84, Reese's 32, Butterfinger 24. It's one thing to be a Butterfinger, that ain't good, but it's another thing to eat one. Almond Joy 22, Twix 22. Fat! Twix my ass! How do you do that? Fork. 
Three Musketeers, 20. Milky Way, 16. Baby Root, 14. I'm just doing the double-digit ones because it's just too long. Chunky's got eight votes. Now, Chunky, those are those squares, man. They taste like dog turd. They're bad. You know Chunky? Yeah. Am I right? Isn't that what those are? they got silver wrapper and they're like the Yeah, they're the big blocks. Oh. Fat. That's candy for Goyam, man. All right. Milky Way, 16. Baby Ruth, 14. Kit Kat, 13. Heath Bar, 13. M&M's, 11. Hershey's, 11. Turtles, 11. 10. And Mounds, 10. And a partridge in a pear tree. So there you go. That's what we got so far. I like that poll, but they, that time we did that thing with the, um, the old-time candies, and we had that website there. Mm-hmm. Now, there were some of the people in the audience that actually sent in for that crap. I didn't tell you to do that. And the stuff was stale. What do you expect from stuff that they haven't been manufacturing it for like 80 years and it's been sitting around for a century and they expect like fresh, delicious candy coming in the mail? God. <laughs> right? Yeah. Those Mary Janes were good, though. Now, did you, I, I can't remember whether you had those. I, I don't. Yes. Yes, I did. They're like, what would you call them? Like taffy, kind of. Mm-hmm. Chewy. They're chewy. Right. They're in their little yellow, uh, yellow wrappers with a little red stripe. Right. Right? Right. Mary Jane. Of course, you were attracted by the name, but nevertheless, sure. those are good. Tastes like a little bit like molasses. They had molasses in them, right? Right. Wow. Tastes like acid and molasses. He's saying, hey, bye-bye. The Westward, he won on Super Tuesday. Oh, this is, uh, this is all file footage. You know, you people at CNN, you ought to be shot. Starting with that Wolf Blitzkrieg, man. Him and uh, who's the other one I said was the same person? Oh, Jude Lieberman. Right. Him and Wolf Blitzkrieg are the same guy. In fact, Wolf has got... When he turns into the wolf blitzkrieg thing, when he morphs into that, he's got one of those Groucho glasses things, you know, with the beard on it. And he mm-hmm. puts that on, he becomes wolf blitzkrieg. Like, like Clark Kent, you know, the same kind of a thing. Then when he takes that off, he becomes a super Jew Lieberman. <laughs> Florida's trying to dissolve a community of sex offenders living under a bridge that includes a gym, kitchen, living room, and two dogs. The men have lived under the Julia Tuttle Causeway for a year. They say limited money and strict local ordinances make it nearly impossible for them to live anywhere else. But state officials are telling them to leave. We're urging them to find a residence. We want them to be able to reintegrate into society, said Gretel Plessinger, a spokesman for the Florida Corrections Department. We're hopeful that if we push them, they'll be able to find a residence that's better. Well, that's where you found uh, Paco, wasn't it, under the uh, overpass? Right, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah same one, one, I think. No, not the same one. The state first advised the 19 registered Tuttle dwellers last week that they must move. Since then, five of the men have found homes. A sixth has gone missing. A reflection of the angst over the order. He wants his overpass back now, Miss Ratchet. Plessinger said the probation officers have given the men a list of possible locations to look for housing. The offenders were initially given 72 hours to find housing, but Plessinger said it was simply to motivate the men to get started. There's no firm deadline. All told, corrections officials count fewer than 50 homeless sex offenders statewide. About nine lived under the Oakland Park Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale Bridge until authorities abruptly evicted them last month, an incident Plessinger said prompted the wider demand for relocation. We're trying to be proactive, give the offenders time to find a place, she said. The three of those evicted from beneath the Oakland Park Bridge are now camping out in the Everglades, she said, with the gators and all them wild animals. Carlene Sawyer, president of the Greater Miami Chapter of the ACLU, called the underbridge housing cruel and unusual punishment that gives the community a false sense of security. The situation is garnering the attention of state lawmakers. Democratic State Representative Jack Seiler said that while restrictions to keep sex offenders away from children are good, communities are trying to one-up each other with tougher and tougher restrictions. 
He said the state may have to adopt uniform standards. How come they can't stay under the overpass when all them homeless voice people and that uh, Sean Kanani guy are on the uh, street corners bugging the hell out of everybody? Well, that's different. Oh, I see. There has to be some place in the greater metropolitan area where these individuals can reside, and we can monitor them, Siler said. If we push them all underground or out of areas where they can be monitored, not in the best interest of public safety. It says the offender's community is like no other. Just beneath where motorists pass in the angled area where the bridge meets a concrete slope, there are domed tents, a cream-colored sofa beside a large generator-powered TV, an Xbox, and stacks of canned food and drinks. Well, thank God they got an Xbox. Right, gotta have that. The air is tinged with sea salt, and the sound of cars passing overhead is relentless, yet perfect Atlantic waters make it strangely serene. Almost sounds inviting. I'm ready to move in. At the bottom of the slope, there's a makeshift kitchen with a table grill and jugs of water that residents fill more than a mile away. The community has a canoe for fishing, a weight bench, and a spot favored by a pit bull named Tigger and German Shepherd named something I can't read. On pillars supporting the bridge and on the slope, residents have spray-painted their thoughts, we are not monsters, they treat animals better. Why, they wrote. Juan Carlos Martin, 29, a 29-year-old uh, on the sex offender list for a lewd or lascivious exhibition to a victim under the age of 16, a crime he says he didn't commit, said it's been impossible for him to leave the bridge. He's been rejected from jobs 15 times because of his record and can't find a place he can afford that's in compliance with the law. Martin sits on his couch and sucks on a cigarette as a tiny white kitten peeks out from behind a stereo that no longer works. A gold crucifix hangs from its neck. His neck is obviously working like crazy. He's off, off probation now but says he feels no freedom. What the law is doing to us is totally wrong, said Martin, who's lived there about six months. Society will see that we're not animals. How are we doing on our thing, by the way, Chris? Was down to six. Is down to six or down was to four down? Now. Four. Only four left? Boy, that's in just less than half an hour. Got four left for the Maccabi Steakhouse, and you're going to love it. Guaranteed. Do it. Get on there and do it. Do it. Bum, 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 brand. Bum, 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 brand. The Middle Eastern world will be exploded. Saddam had people killed with the gas that we sold him. First time aggressor nation and the only one that's growing. Now more blood will be spilled to get that oil flowing. Forget about Korea and the nukes they're toting and the right wing is drilling it over and over into our head. <laughs> that Iraq has some Weapons of mass destruction I'm dying out of here Three thousand people killed Are now forgotten Let's exploit them instead Hey, there's oil to be gotten Going after Saddam to Placate Osama There's no longer mention of the name Bin Laden, but no one seems concerned, all comfy and complacent, believing every word of this cartel administration that controls us by fear through media manipulation. And the right wing is drilling it over and over into our heads. That Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction. Huh? The 
loss of civil rights is the price that we're paying. We're all suspects now, Nazi Ashcroft is saying. I have nothing to hide, table talkers all are saying. Blind, obedient cattle don't have any reservation. Doubt and provoke battle and world annihilation. Old regimes must fall in Halliburton installed with no objection at all. Democrats don't have the balls and the right wing is drilling it over and over into our brainwashed heads. Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction. I'm dying out of here. Only Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction. Well, we were down to three on the certificates, but now we're back up to four, which means we had a bogus one in there. And that's got to be Chicken Egg trying to use that old Jay Byron's card again. <laughs> oh, it's got to be. And maybe this time we think it's library card. card. I don't know. So we got four certificates left, and we uh, would like to, you know, Pedal them along there to you this hour, or, or before two anyway, wouldn't we? Yes. Yes. Former uh, Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney will suspend his bid for the Republican presidential nomination, GOP sources tell CNN. And he keeps showing this file footage there. Do you see the split screen? Because they're waiting no. his speech to the uh, Conservative Polit- Political Action Committee. They're waiting that. they got all the flags up there, and they're all sitting there motionless and uh, waiting for the uh, dreaded news that's to come. Suspending a campaign has a different meaning depending on the party. He said, call him when the party started, is what he said. That's what Mitt Romney said. And we know what the host said. Do you know who I am? I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. On the Republican side, decisions on how to associate delegates is left to the state parties. On the Democratic side, a candidate who suspends is technically still a candidate, so he or she keeps both district and statewide delegates, one through primaries and caucuses. Superdelegates are always free to support any candidate at any time, whether the candidate drops out, suspends, or stays in, or, uh, you know, blows chunks. National Party will say that a candidate who drops out keeps any district-level delegates he or she has won so far, but loses any statewide delegates he or she has won. But a beep, but a boop, but a bop. Just a lot of double talk. Here in Washington, uh, waiting for Mitt Romney as well, and we have uh, all of our uh, fabulous political reporters to bring you analysis yeah, and best, bring you information. Uh, team, John King, team. Candy Crowley, Bill Bennett, right. uh, Bill Schneider, and Suzanne Malbo, and I. We will be all back all right the after same uh, this old talking go away. Oh my God! They're just waiting and waiting. This is like the press conferences we have to announce that uh, you know, like Shank is leaving, or that uh, Dave Wanstead was leaving, or Nick Saban had hightailed it out of town in the middle of the night, like that, right? Right. Press conferences to announce things that everybody already knows, and a lot of people don't give a crap about in the first place. McCauley sold out. We did? Yes. Get out of here. Get I out don't of leave town. Him. But they haven't been verified yet because probably a couple of those might be a chicken egg with his old Jefferson's card. Correct. And his monkey, his monkey word card. Oh, then Eric said, oops. No, there they come. Wait. What no, are you talking about? Well, it was Eric that said that, and it looks sold out from here. It's just not official yet. I see. Would you guys just calm down? It's only 12.35 for Christ's sake. Jesus, Joseph and Mary, man, and Abraham, Avram, Solomon. Calm down. Don't have any left before this. And what's, what's that official sign? It's like at the track. And George, of course, is now hooked on the track. That's right. He's a racing aficionado now. I'm going to be a degenerate. Well, there's uh, the Dubai, Doobie Doobie Dubai racing. Uh, which one to ride, consular or, um, or Rampelin? The only thing, uh, Rampelin, that was his first run on the bird, so uh, he chose to write. Think that's something all these Arab sheiks now, they got the big bucks, they got all of our oil money, and as a result, they're buying up all these expensive race horses and making more money, and uh, it's just uh, criminal. 
That's why everybody's got to watch Network this coming this weekend. Everybody watch it again, okay? I was mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Oh! Right. I want the CCA deal stopped now. That's what you got to be screaming and yelling and carrying on like a like a maniac, like a lunatic. I was mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Oh! But never look too late now. Cat's out of the bag. Cat's in the cradle, I think. Well, Cat Stevens. How's he doing? Is he still doing, oh, he doing what? He's still, uh, you know, terrorist. He's still a Muslim? Right. I do like that bit. You want to know why I like that bit? Yeah, that's... <laughs> it makes me think of the cab drivers here. Hello, this is Albert yeah, Kaida from Taliban that, that you American that Indian my accent. latest Cat Stevens collection. You know Muhammad is right. Take your head off your body. Got a machete with a real sharp blade. How I wish I had an American hostage. Make those infidels pay. Also including this classic. I was on airplane. And suddenly was detained Their matches I converted And wear a towel on my head I'm being followed by an F-16 What do they want with me? The money from your purchase does not go to fund terrorism, really It's not time to get off the plane Just relax and take it easy You're just dumb, that's your fault it wouldn't happen if I were a Jew Fine dark skin and a rag If you want a detainee Another variation on a classic I ask myself every day Which American should pay Tell me who would Muhammad slay I'm cutting through the neck of a woman She lifted her veil and exposed herself. So buy New Cat Stevens collection today for $19.95. Or you can pay with Visa, MasterCard, or weapons of mass destruction. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. And, and hold it. From high atop Pease House of Meats in beautiful downtown Hallandale. It's the WQAM Cluster Party. Good evening, everyone, and welcome. This is your host, Mohammed Ibn And I'll be bringing you every glamorous moment of this gay event. Live to your living room. The esteemed guests are arriving now from the left to the right of your radio. I'll be interviewing them as they tread the red carpet. Why, it's none other than Jolly Joe Bell. What do you know, Joe? What do you say? <laughs> well, when they told me there'd be free food, I... Joe, it's you. Yeah? Out of my way, I'm hungry. <coughs> oh, and, uh, ho, 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 for you. <laughs> I don't believe it. Kelly, what are you doing here? You don't work for them no more? Well, sorta. Is that so? Sure. I'm Joe Feinboystein's new lover. You like my camisole? Get out of here. Ah! Oh, look. Greg Reed just pulled up. There's an old colleague who I wouldn't want to see again. But I got to ask you, hey, Greg, what kind of car is that? Yeah, it's a 1928 Maxwell. Oh, Phyllis? Yes, boss. Put Maddie in the glove box, will you? Yes, I'm Mr. Reed. Ooh, here comes our professional program director, Clarence Dedaro. He's pulling up now in uh, what looks to me a uh, metallic teal PT Cruiser with what seems to be filled with naked basketball players. The Anthony game, girl. Thanks for the ride. 
There's somebody back there trying to get out. That was Buck Wild, baby. Buck Wild. That was close, Hat Jackson. Get your mitts off me. I'm being kidnapped by naked basketball players, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let them break me. Don't let them break me! 1245 at 5.60 WQM. Happy Thursday from all your good close personal friends at WQAM. That sound like really um, sincere? No. Oh, well, too bad. Let's see how that poll is coming. Oh, here's the uh, second race at Tampa Bay Downs where they got that screaming announcer. Getting all of the early pick three races, two, three, and four, so good luck to your selections. Let's take a look at the field as they get ready to go on to the race track. Oh, let's not. Jesse Jimenez Garcia. You know, you notice how most of the uh, jockeys are Latino. Have you noticed that? No. Yeah, you did. I have not. A Barcoa. Who? And uh, Quinilio Velasquez and Jorge Velasquez and all those other, all of them. Ninety percent. Four hundred nineteen uh, votes on the poll. The best candy bar in the world is Snickers. Eighty-nine. Can there be any doubt? Especially that new one with the. Uh, Light yellow wrapper there, or is it like a tan wrapper? It's got um, almonds in it. Mm. Reese is 35, Almond Joy 26, Butterfinger, I'm going to read them all. That'll kill some good time. Butterfinger 24, Twitch 24, Three Mouseketeers 21. i got to get off of that. Let's get onto a good channel here, off of that racing channel. Let's yeah, get he... some AHL hockey. <laughs> oh, Walt McKechnie, there we go. Let's bring him back. Butterfinger 24, Twix 24, Three Musketeers 21, Heath Bar 18, Milky Way 17, Baby Root 16, M&M's 14, Schmidt Cat 14, Mounds 12, uh, Turtles. Did that say Turtles? Yeah, Turtles 11. I thought it said Truffles. Now, Truffles is a kind of candy, but it's made by, you know what I mean? It's a kind of candy. Right, made by lots of different people. Right, like um, Lint. Right. Hershey's eleven. What's him call it? Nine hundred thousand dollar bar nine. I don't see that no more, and I'm just as I don't even know what that is anymore. What was that? Chunky eight. We know what that is. A little square chunk of mung. Not good. Payday eight. Clark bar eight. Now that's that's a candy bar. Clark bar. There's just something about it. It's got that nougat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you really like it soft, you can nuke it. Nuke the nougat. Mars eight. Oh Henry seven. Score seven. Nestle's five. Smarties four, Arrow Bar four. Come on, take five three. Bit of honey three. Bit of honey are great, but uh, like I said, hard to chew, man. Just rip your teeth and your cavities. And... Tootsie Roll two. Tootsie Roll's got a pair. Crunchy two, and Mr. Good Bar only one. They got like lots of peanuts, right? Right. Mr. Good Bar, do you ever have? How about uh, Good sure. and Plenty? Now, what about that, Good Plenty? It's in a box. Why? Right. It's candy in a box. I like it a lot. At the movies, you got to get good and plenty. Mm-hmm. Sure. And what about Necco wafers? What about them? See, Chris is right about one thing, and I hate to admit anything about you know, lumping right about anything. Now, is it official, by the way, on the uh, No, we have four. What? We have four. We have four left. See, it's a good thing I asked. We thought we had zero, and we got four left for um, Maccabi. So hop on it, man. There's four there for you. It's good news for the people that thought they got shut out. Because once they're gone... Yeah. But, no, you're right about uh, the difference between candy and candy bars because, like, uh, what was the one I just got? Uh, Necco wafers. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody doesn't like those, I don't think. Oh, I like them. They're, they're a little weak they're a little in powdery. flavor. Yeah. A little what? Weak. Powdery. It's like they don't, like, explode with flavor. But they're good to suck on. 
I'll take your word for it. But anyway, a nickel wafer, if it's not a candy bar. Right. So you want to change that? No, because then if we do that, then Whatever. we'll add a whole bunch of other things. Like those slices, man. You know, if you don't change slices, it, if we're not accurate, the world will come to an end. So when I was in um, in Detroit there, we, we did have a, a bit of a, you know, mediocre team, you could say. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Uh, uh, this is an ugly story. This is the American way, man, right here. This is the epitome of what it's all about. A dispute between neighbors over the height of grass turned into a vicious argument and then murder this morning in Lauderdale Lakes. A dispute between neighbors over the height of grass. The argument began while a lawn man, lawn man was cutting somebody's lawn. This burden argument between neighbors, said Mike Jackals, spokesman for the BSO. One neighbor pulled out a pistola. In a pistola, baby, several shots were fired. The other neighbor fell dead. Authorities believe the shooter may still be at the scene of the crime which occurred in a residential neighborhood at 3686 Northwest 28th Street in Lauderdale Lakes. The victim was lying in the street covered by a yellow tarp. A woman identified as the victim's girlfriend was consoled by BSO Deputy Greg Luce in front of her home. The uh, home where the shooting took place is owned by Lee Macon, according to county records. Deputies with rifles stood ready outside the home while curious neighbors peered out the window. BSO has brought in its mobile crime lab vehicle to act as a command post. Well, now they must be getting really serious. They brought in the mobile crime lab vehicle, wouldn't you think? Yeah. They're getting really serious. A dispute over the height of grass. Right. I've had a dispute over the quality of grass. Well, that's another story. I can understand shooting somebody over that. Yeah. Over the height of the grass? I mean, are you crazy or what? Yes, absolutely. God. That's America for you, mm -hmm. man. Crazy people with guns. Pissed off people with guns. I don't like that shirt you got on. Or whatever. Tasers are not a replacement for guns, author Naomi Klein says. They're a replacement for talking. She said at a town hall meeting last night in Toronto, eh? I hope she didn't get snowed in or out. If, I have, if it happened in a cell, we'd call it torture. And it happens on the street, we shouldn't be afraid to call it torture, said Klein, who's author of The Shock Doctrine, The Rise of Disaster Capitalism. The discussion on the police use of shock and stun guns was held at the University of Toronto in response to Toronto Police Chief Bill Blair's request that 3,000 officers be armed with electroshock guns. When RCMP officers used a taser on Polish immigrant Robert Dzanski in Vancouver, remember him? He's the one that died. In Vancouver International Airport last October, they did so within 20 sec 25 seconds of their arrival on the scene, Klein said. He died shortly th thereafter. Why talk when you can shock, she said. Tasers aren't a replacement for guns. They're a replacement for everything else. They're a replacement for talking, for negotiating, for all of these, uh, all of these things. things. As many as 20 people in Canada and 290 in the U.S. have died after being shocked by a taser, said the chair of Toronto's Amnesty International chapter, Andy Buxton who also sat on the panel. I wonder if he's kin to Dick Buxton, the great driver, the trainer. You think? Look into who? it. Dick Buxton. Who? Taser International said the weapon of manufacturers is safe. But during clinical trials, people who are zapped are in a calm, healthy state. That's not how it is in real life, Buxton said. Of the 310 people in North America who died after being shocked with a taser, people were often being intoxicated or high on some kind of a drug, such as cocaine. And, of course, while we're... Doing this, we should have that don't tase me bro thing going on. Probably a good me, huh? idea. Probably a good idea. But I can't find it. Don't bar from my car. I don't know if I have it on me. Oh, I got it. Here it is. Don't tase me, bro. Don't tase me. The majority have been in altercation with police and had don't force used me, on them. Bro. Many were tied up in some way. 
something in that whole witch's brew altogether is unsafe, and we don't know what, Buxton said. Don't chase me, bro. How'd you like that taco? Oh, great. And until all the facts are on the table, Amnesty International is asking police in Canada and the U.S. to put a moratorium on the use of tasers until we know whether or not they're safe, he'd be saying. Buxton also cited statistics that show officers can become addicted to using tasers. He used the example of the Edmonton Police Force, where taser use increased from an average of once a week to once a day. Officially sold out. Okay, it's official. We sold out. Thank God. Put the official, put the light on before 1 o'clock. We're kicking ass on that, the Neil deal thing. And that's why after others have just even dropped the ball on it. They don't even do it anymore because they couldn't sell uh, nothing. Couldn't sell too many. You want to know why they can't sell too many? Yeah. LOA, baby. Lack of audience. And LOQ, lack of quality. You know, we got the quality joints and they got the uh, swill. They got, you know, the, the schlock the house. So let me say it again. The Red Lobster was really good yesterday. I can't. I can't I, still, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to go back there for lunch again. Beside myself. Dude, just to see if it was, a, you know, an aberration. A fluke. No, well, no, I mean, As a matter of fact, all of the flukes. They got like all new menus and all kinds of new special huh. things. And uh, maybe they're under new management. I don't know. Well, it, overhaul I mean, it's a franchise. How can they be under new management? No, the, you know, each franchise has a manager. You know, that manages each individual store. Oh, by the way, I mentioned Mitt Romney dropped out. You did. Oh, just making sure. I'm, I'm wondering if they, because I got off of CNN because I got tired of looking at that stupid podium. Oh, there he is. That sounds like they're, they're sneaking into a Campbell's soup can or something. Huh? It does. Very tame. Bad audio there on CNN. Maybe MSNBC's got better audio. They have the MS. No. The attack on faith Penny. and religion is no less relentless. And tolerance for pornography, even celebration of it, and sexual promiscuity right. combined with the twisted incentives of government welfare have led to today's grim realities. Thank God he's dropping 68% of African-American kids born out of wedlock, 45% of Hispanic kids, 25% of white kids. How much harder it is for these kids to succeed in school and in life. A nation built on the principles of the founding fathers cannot long stand when its children are raised without fathers in the home. It looks like he took even a little bit of that blue tint out of his hair today, so you know he's dropping out. Blue what? Blue tint. Oh. Best talent. Two of the best. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Okay, this guy Pharrell. And when I'm up in Boca Tica slapping old women with painted lips around the pool, I listen to the Neil Rogers one to two hours. Yeah, I mean, I listen to the Neil Rogers there in balance one to two hours. Who's the candidate that African Americans think is great? No, it's Hillary. Who is the one that's not a fairy tale and will get things done? Stop it! It's Hillary! Who's the one who draws big crowds and makes the brothers and sisters proud? Shut up! This Barack character is a real mother... Shut your mouth! That was taken out of contact! 
If you want hope and change, vote for the one with the recognizable name. Stop it! And it's Hillary. How many times do I have to say it? Honest to goodness. <sighs> so frustrating. 102 at 560 WQM. So uh, Mitt Romney's dropping out, man. Look at how they've dropped by the wayside. There was Chris Dodd, and there was Joe Biden, and there was, uh, who am I leaving out? John Edwards. Right. And there was a Duncan Hunter. And then and that Duncan uh, Hines. Crado guy that nobody ever heard of. What? And Duncan Hines. And Duncan Hines. And Duncan Donuts. So we sold out for the Maccabi thing, right? That's official now. Yes. Excelente. See. On last night's Bill O'Reilly factor, now this wouldn't have been last night, it would have been on Monday nights. Bill O'Reilly and his panel spar over inclusion of gay families and relationships in class discussions in public schools. Only in Massachusetts, O'Reilly quips, well, maybe in Berkeley and San Francisco. In April of 2006, Tanya and David Parker sued Estabrook Elementary School in Lexington, Mass., after their son Jacob brought home the book, Who's in a Family?, which includes gay parents. Joseph and Robin Wortland, parents of Joseph Jr., later joined the suit after their son's second-grade teacher read King and King, about two kings who fall in love, allowed to the class, the plaintiffs claim indoctrination. The first U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the dismissal of the federal suit, disagreeing with the plaintiffs who contended that state law required the school to notify them when their children's teachers were going to provide or discuss the books in question. On the indoctrination claim, the court acknowledging the public education's role in preparing children for citizenship opined that the materials were not meant to hinder a child's religious upbringing, but to acknowledge the existence of different people and points of view. Because the books in question did not explicitly discuss human sexuality, nor were they used for sex education, Estabrook didn't see a need to apply the state's notification law. O'Reilly says, let's get to this gay thing in Massachusetts. We've covered this from the jump. All right, I think it's Newton Mass Public School. They want five, six, and seven-year-olds to read gay fairy tales. Two princes, this, that, and the other thing. Parents said, knock it off. Too little. We don't want them reading this stuff. It goes against our religion. Everything we stand for, it's inappropriate. But the Massachusetts, and only in Massachusetts, well, maybe in Berkeley and San Francisco could this happen. They said, no. If we want to have your five-year-old read about two princes, then we damn well are going to do it. Correct? And it goes on. He's just, you know, he is what he is. He's just a bigoted, appealing to the basest, lowest, and that's what the Republicans are all about. And that's why so many bigots watch Fox News, because they're stupid and bigoted. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know they're what you're stupid saying. Stupid and bigoted. Whether it's Barack or Hillary. You know, you know what he sounds like? He sounds like you sounded like at Gulfstream last Friday. Am yeah. I right, Chris? Yeah, almost. Yeah, Tinny. Now, next time you go out there, have them bring you some great A equipment, okay? Yeah, some head, right. headsets from. Uh, I'll see if they have some before here. Before Marconi was an infant? Right. Well, the first time you were there, you sounded fine, as I recall. Am it was I right? Different uh, setup, yeah. What do you mean, different setup? Different engineer, different equipment, different uh, stuff. So you're blaming the engineer for it? No. Why not? It's just the way it shook out. Katrina Vandenhoevel writes on the, in the nation avoiding a convention train wreck. And, boy, she's got a good point, as usual. Nice going, honey. She says, one thing that's clear after Tuesday night, we've got a tough and potentially ugly delegate fight ahead of us for the Democratic nomination. Not only might the unaccountable and undemocratic superdelegates come into play, but the prospect looms of a bitter inter-party battle to seat the Michigan and Florida delegates. The DNC, Governor Dean, and the state parties need to do some serious thinking starting now on how to avoid a situation where backroom deals determine the nominee and his or her legitimacy is called into question. 
As most people know, the Michigan and Florida delegates aren't supposed to be counted toward determining the nominee of penalty for unilaterally moving their elections up in the primary season against the party's wishes. The candidates agreed not to campaign in the states, and in fact, only Hillary Clinton appeared on the ballot in Michigan. Once she won both states, her campaign predictably began to argue that these delegates should be counted. This could force the Obama campaign into the unenviable position of looking like they're trying to block voters in two swing states. It's a train wreck waiting to happen, perhaps to be played out before the national media in Denver. The question is, what can be done to preempt this? I know that there's a credentials committee and a rules committee, and probably even a committee for the selection of the credentials and rules committee. I know the delegate process is laid out and explained in the bylaws, but certainly the DNC never anticipated the situation, and it calls for a creative and immediate mending of the process. One proposal is that both Florida and Michigan be permitted to caucus later this spring. It goes without saying that the Clinton forces would reject this, but if the DNC, Governor Dean, state parties, and other prominent Democrats like Jimmy Carter, John Edwards, Joe Biden, Bill Richardson, Jesse Jackson, Walter Mondale, Gary Hart, and so on, all called for a fair contest with the candidates competing head-to-head, how long would the Clintons put up a fight? They'd move from looking like the defenders of Michigan and Florida voters to looking like they're once again attempting to game the system. At the very least, people need to be reminded that everyone agreed to the earlier decision to strip the states of their delegates, including the Clinton campaign. This fight isn't the responsibility of the Obama campaign. It was a party decision agreed to by all of the candidates, and the party needs to stand by it or come up with a better solution. Seating delegates that Clinton won during a sideshow is unacceptable. Unacceptable, right. That's all, Katrina. You go, girl. We got a fax here? Oh, very short. How about Cadbury's chocolate bars? That's pretty good chocolate, especially the caramel. Mmm, it says. Mmm. Okay, put Cadbury's. Since we're just right. generic, you know. I mean, we're not going to put each one with nuts, with fruit and nuts, with, uh, without just plain dark, extra dark, extra medium, uh, you know. God. I mean, the possibilities. We could have a poll with like 60,000 choices on it, there, right? And then I could read it once and we could go home. Sounds great. Sounds like a plan to me. So try a Red Lobster. In fact, maybe the people in the audience will try them. You know, maybe we'll get some faxes on that. Or maybe when you're on again, you'll get some calls like the rest of this hour. Sounds uh, good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, tomorrow, 1 o'clock, let's get that hour back. Get out of here early. We can't do it. What are they going to put on? Jacks. Jerks ain't going to do it. Sure he they will. Don't, they don't want him hey, on the extra that, hour. I'm not, that's not doing that. Clarence said, I'm not doing that. All right. Clarence says what? That, that was not the case. Like Clarence is going to admit that to you, so you can turn around and say, well, if, he, if he's not qualified to be on from 1 to 2, how can he be qualified to be on from 2 to 4? And you know you'd say that, being the smart-ass ambassador that you are. I might. So he, even he's not that stupid, he's going to lead himself down that road, man. Down that rocky road. Chocolate marshmallow. I, I bet you they don't make it anymore. What? Chocolate marshmallow. Like Mellow Mars? Like Mellow no, no, Mars? No, no, ice cream. Forget about Mellow oh, Mars. No, you and your damn candy, stuff. for Christ's sakes. They got that stuff. They do? I mean, one way or another. I mean, doesn't Rocky Road have a uh, marshmallow in it? No, no, no. One way or another. Right. You did it. Sometimes I scratch my head and I wonder... Yeah. Who wrote the book alone? Well, Snickers again is kicking ass, but we took this poll a long time ago. Did Eric respond in any way about the date? Because it was one of the really early ones, I believe. I don't know. I went back to the history thing there and I, I scoured it and scanned it. There goes Mitt Romney. Governor of Massachusetts. Take all your magic underwear and your Bible sucking right wing states full of bigoted crap. 
all your goody-two-shoes Pollyanna garbage. One can only begin to imagine the kind of hanky-spanky he's been involved in over the years. Can you even begin to imagine? I don't want to. One can only begin. I don't want to. I don't want to. Right, good point. Snickers and Reese's were one and two the last time we've done this, and now they're one and two again. In fact, isn't that interesting? Not not thrilling, but you know, moderately interesting. Snickers had twenty one uh, has twenty one and a half percent. Now they had twenty two percent last time we've done this years ago, and Reese's had nine point nine. Now they're down to eight point six. Twix came from way down two, four, six, eight, from eighth to third. Although we got a real good battle going on for third. Twix, Almond Joy, Butterfinger, Three Musketeers. The first time we done it, Milky Way had 66 votes. And Milky Way's dropped out of the top. I don't know. Milky Way's got that new um, dark chocolate with, like, nougat and crap in it. Oh, my God. It's, it's obscene. That stuff should all be against the law. If, if cigarettes have to put a warning on the package with a skull and crossbones practically, warning, the Surgeon General's determined this is going to kill you, then why don't uh, sugar products have the, have the same thing? Yep. Am I right? You are. This is going to kill you, man. If you eat this, you're going to die over there. Wherever you're buying this, you're going to die. But please buy it because we want your money. Like that. Well, there's mm. uh, pasty-faced Tim Russell. But his words guarantee the nomination of John McCain. Uh, no one will stop him now. As for Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan... Is he running again now, too? Romney dropped mm. out. Reagan popped back in again. How do you like that? Wow. He forgot he was dead. Ten after one at five sixty WQA. Yeah. This is Money to Spell with Donnell. I'll be Donnell Jackson, and today we're going to spell the word broken. Spell it with me now. Broken. B R O K E N. Now, let's use it in the sentence. So I said to the coach, I said, man, that broken show throw a football. This is Lone of Despair with Don L. I'll be Don L. Jackson. This is Lone of Despair with Don L. I'll be Don L. Jackson, and today we're going to spell the word defend. Spell it with me now. Defend. D-E-F-E-N-S-E. Now, let's use it in a sentence. I ruined my new high tops climbing over the fence. This is London to spell with Don L. I'll be Don L. Jackson. This is London to spell with Don L. I'll be Don L. Jackson. And today we're going to spell the word European. Spell it with me now. European. E-U-R-O-P-E-A-N. That's a big one. Now, let's use it in a sentence. So I said to the guy, I said, hey, get away from my car. European on my tire. This is Learning to Spell with Don L. I'll be Don L. Jackson. Well, must be something really important because they brought, they dragged Brian Williams in the middle of the day on NBC. On the inner and Kelly circle. Kelly O'Donnell, all the big shots. What has happened for out. them is a real challenge now. Go yeah. Aren't you excited? Not. Yeah, whatever. You got John McCain, and you know what he says. Oh, I better kill, kill them all, kill everyone. Hundred years in Iraq, baby, and lots of wars. There are going to be wars and wars and more wars. He don't know much about the economy or uh, like that, but he says. Yeah, big joke. Very funny. Real comedian. You notice how he's trying to be like a, a stand-up comedian now in all his uh, speeches? Can only help. Chuckling and chortling and puking. Like that? Oh, there he is. He's trying to engage. Oh, that's right. That's just more file footage on MSNBC. They, sh they show us a lot of file footage. 
Robert Shear writes, The Legacy of Bush II. He says, Curb your enthusiasm, even if your favorite candidate did well on Super Tuesday. Ask yourself if he or she will seriously challenge the bloated military budget that President Bush has proposed for 2009. If not, military spending will rise to a level exceeding any other year since the end of WW2, and there will be precious little left over to improve education and medical research, fight poverty, protect the environment, or do anything else a decent person might care about. You can't spend well over $700 billion on national security, running what the White House predicts will be more than $400 billion in annual deficits for the next two years, and yet find the money to improve the quality of life on the home front. The conventional wisdom espoused by the mass media is that Bush's budget is a lame-duck DOA contrivance, but that assumption is wrong. The 9-11 attacks have been shamefully exploited by the military-industrial complex with bipartisan support to ramp up military expenditures beyond Cold War levels. This irrational spending spree, which accounts for more than half of all federal discretionary spending, is not likely to end with Bush's departure. Which one of the likely winners from either party would lead the battle to cut back on the military budget, and where would the winner find support in Congress? Both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama treated the military budget as sacrosanct with their Senate votes and their campaign rhetoric. Clinton is especially clear on the record as favoring spending more, not less, on the military. John McCain, who previously distinguished himself as a deficit hawk and was almost in a class by himself and taking on the rapacious defense contractors, has thrown in the towel with his inane support for staying in Iraq till victory, even if it should take a century. It is simply illogical to call for fiscal restraint while committing to an open-ended war in Iraq that's already cost upward of $700 billion. Bush's request for $515 plus billion for the Defense Department doesn't even include the cost of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, which accounted for nearly $200 billion over the last budget year, and which will cost at least $140 billion in 2009. Add to those numbers $17.1 billion for the Department of Energy's weapons program, and over $40 billion for the Department of Homeland Security and other national security initiatives spread throughout the federal government, and you'll see that my $700 billion figure underestimates the hemorrhaging. McCain knows, and is frequently stated as a center watchdog, that much of the military spending is wastefully superfluous for combating terrorists who lack any but the most rudimentary weapons. Bush totally betrayed his campaign 2000 promise to reshape the post-Cold War U.S. military when he seized upon the 9-11 attack as an opportunity to reverse the peace dividend that has his father had begun to return to taxpayers. Instead, Bush, too, ushered in the most profligate underwriting of weapon systems that are grotesquely irrelevant for combating terrorism. The U.S. already spends more than the rest of the world combined on its military without a sophisticated enemy in sight. The Bush budget cuts not a single weapon system, including the most expensive ones, those designed to combat a Soviet military that no longer exists. Those sophisticated weapons have nothing to do with combating terrorism and everything to do with jobs and profits that motivate both Democrats and Republicans in Congress. It's not known whether Osama bin Laden even possesses a rowboat in his naval arsenal, but that won't stop Drew Lieberman from pushing, as is his habit, for an increase in the defense budget to double the funding for the $3.4 billion submarines built in his home state of Connecticut. Nor does the collapse of the old Soviet Union, and with it the need for enormously expensive stealth aircraft to evade radar systems the Soviets never built, dissuade congressional supporters of those plans and planes for pushing for more, not less than Bush is requesting. Nor does wasting an additional $8.9 billion ICBM missiles defense have anything to do with stopping terrorists from smuggling a suitcase nuke into this country. The centerpiece of the Bush legacy is a war on terror based on a vast disconnect between military expenditures and actual national security requirements that the presidential candidates all fully understand. The question is whether the voters and media will force them to face that contradiction or whether we're in for more of the same no matter how much the candidates go on about change. That's what Robert Shearer said. He was way too liberal for the L.A. Times. I said, you're out of here, Bobby. You're gone. And once you're gone, guess yeah. what? You're gone. You're gone. Gain? That's right. No more Mitt Romney. He's out. He dropped out. 
I guess he got tired of spending all those millions of his own dollars. He could have given that to us. We could have had a great time with it. Doesn't that piss you off? Yeah. Frost my fat old hairy ass, I'll tell you that. I think he spent like $35 million of his own money and uh, just might as well have flushed it down the toilet or just written us a nice check. Written me a check. I'd have, you know, I'd have shared a little bit. Not a lot. Look at that. Cadbury's we put on there. It doesn't have any votes. Cadbury's has the big O on our candy pool. Best candy bar in the world. Snickers, 103. Reese's, 41. Twix, 29. Almond Joy, 28. And Butterfinger, 28. Yeah, once we get past the top one, once we get past Snickers, it's a tough choice. Makes me want to snigger. What? Once we get past Snickers. You heard what what word did you say? You heard it. 481. Chris says our goal is 500 votes today. Uh-huh. You don't care. You just... What are you talking about? You're kind of lumpy today. Well, now, once we sold all the certificates for Maccabi, that was good. That was the important thing. Eat your heart out, Tootsie. Tootsie, footsie. But they have to put him on Dave Lamont in the morning with the news there on IOD. Because Tootsie, footsie, wootsie can't uh, sell his crap. And Stu Goss, he's got stuff over or from when, from when Dan LaBaster was a baby. From when Joel Feinberg was still in diapers a couple years ago. How come there hasn't been more written about that? The fact that he's just, uh, you know, he's out. Shh. I see Jicker wrote about you know, a little paragraph in the Sun Sentinel that got like mooshed into some other story about it, you know? Mm-hmm. He's Ooh. out. And Dennis Collins says, well, QAM can uh, get all excited if they want like they have before. We kicked your ass in the last book, okay? Kicked it big time. Destroyed it. Creamed it. Demolished it. And you're writing stupid memos, Dennis, like you know something about the business, like you've got some claim to fame in radio like, with life. Life, WLYF, with slush music that you have on there. What, what's the other one he's got? Yeah. Oh, magic. Magic. Even Ricky Tiki couldn't take another day of them. He, he bailed out. And you know what he said? When, he, when it's time, it's time. You'll know it's time. Time to bail out. I think it's time right now. Not, not permanently, just for today. Here's George. Hey, how you doing, everybody? I think that would be such that would be such a treat, and and deservedly so for them. You know, the way they abuse people and use mm-hmm. and abuse them, they discard you like an old used dish rack, like a like a used chunk of toilet paper. I don't want to get too graphic sounding there, like that. Probably still a lot of people out there eating lunch still, or maybe on their way to Red Lobster. I know it's, it sounds it's something that if you told me I was ever going to come on here and say it, I, I'd right. you're nuts, crazy. I'll still, uh, I'm just going to... And you'll believe it when you taste it. Right. Well, I'm not going to. You're not going to? I'm not going to roll those dice. You don't want No, I don't want to. You want You know, we have so many seafood options down here. I'm telling you, it wasn't good. It was great. It was I've got a fistful of certificates to oh, find right. wonderful restaurants right. down here, like the Whale. Like I said, we'll have somebody you know going right. to eat there. Maybe River Chris House, will do yeah. it. Chris okay. can afford it. No? Yeah, you know. In other words, that's not one of your favorite places either. Is that I'm just not into seafood that much, so. Yeah, but they got all kinds. They have like lobster pizza, man. They got all kinds of good stuff in there. Yeah, well, that, that first word. Oh, for me! Oh, you don't like lobster? No, I'm just not into seafood, really. Well, you shouldn't really. You don't like fish. What about shrimp? Shrimp. Eh, I had some the other night, though. It was fine. Shrimp. <laughs> well, I haven't heard from him in a while, and you know what? Good. Lucky me. <laughs> Here comes the bunny, and there goes my money. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. Neil Young. Tom Cruise. 
Did you read in the ingredients that Boar's Light is made from Rocky Mountain spring water? When I read it, I, you know, I just went, this is it. This is exactly it. Well, well, what would you say to someone who doesn't know where to buy Boar's Light? You better know it. You better know it. And if you don't... If I don't know, then what? You know, go and learn it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, Tom Cruise, we call a six-pack an SP. Have you ever seen one? So, have you met an SP? <laughs> wow, SPs, like, they'll just read about those in the history books, you know? We think you should buy everyone in here a cold boar's life. Can you do that? I do what I can. And I do it the way I do everything. <laughs> There's nothing hard to wait for me. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> oh, it's just so sad. Hey, Tommy. You fairly. 130 at 560 WQM. Mitt Romney's dropped out on the Republican side, in case you didn't hear me tell you that the first 600 times. Ooh, Mitt Romney yeah. dropped out. Spread the word. Gail Collins in the New York Times this morning. Ted Kennedy and the Gap. Oh, and I can imagine all the young voters are going to vote for John McCain, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. He is death plus ten. He's such a wonderful man. He fought for his country in the air. His specialty is torture, man. That's what he wants to do to all of us. Yell Collins says, great job, voters. Huge turnout, good vibes, and everything still up in the air. We could be working on these presidential nominations for months. Maybe all the way to the conventions. It lasts an opportunity to have a real serious discussion about the makeup of the credentials committee. Really, it's been a surprise a minute. In Massachusetts, every Democratic alpha male in the state, including the governor and two U.S. senators, endorsed Barack Obama. Democratic women then stampeded to the polls in a great show of enthusiasm for ignoring their advice. Ted Kennedy was the particular sore point. Some people looked at Kennedy's passing of the JFK torch and felt their spines tingle. A lot of women saw him dumping his old ally, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton, for the newer, shinier male model of a presidential candidate and felt their spines stiffen. I don't think I understand it myself other than I'm angry with them, said Barbara Wilson, a retired teacher from Quincy, Mass., piling on. Yes, I definitely think it was the old boys' club. Senator Kennedy has been a champion of many issues that women care about, but when he ran unsuccessfully for president in 1980, he was victim of a major league gender gap. This was an early example of the rule that women won't vote for men who yell or for men who drown other women. He'd go out and scream on the podium, and I'd think, imagine you're a retired woman having your dinner in front of the TV in your nice quiet house, and you see this out-of-control, red-faced guy yelling. Maybe the gap has as much to do with that as Champaquiddick, one of his former campaign people, told me some years back. We've had a gender gap in American politics since Ronald Reagan pushed the Republican Party to the right, featuring in a supporting role John McCain as the foot soldier. Women peeled off toward the Democrats while men went the other way. I wonder what she means by that, men went the other way. Okay. Gay. If you look at issues, you can also see a larger pattern. Women, especially older women, are often politically risk-averse. They worry about the social safety net. They see themselves as economically vulnerable even when they're not, said Debbie Walsh, director of the Center for American Women in Politics at Rutgers. As a group, women haven't been all that enthusiastic about big, bold, new political ventures. Their first concern tends to be having somebody sensible mind the store. All other things being equal and all voices being modulated, when given the choice between a senator with a long history of working on useful but unglamorous children's programs and a senator who's a relative newcomer with a dramatic but not totally defined vision for change, they'll go for the daycare. Hillary would be winning the women's vote this year, even if she'd been a man, although that's a concept I'd rather not dwell on. Meanwhile, the Republican, in other words, she's trying to say Hillary's got a weenus. I'm sure she does. 
Meanwhile, the Republican far right has fallen into a remarkable snit over John McCain's march to the nomination. Rush Limbaugh is virtually gnawing his own ankle in rage by co-authoring legislation with Democrats, Limbaugh ranted. McCain was working with threats to the American way of life as we've always known it. James Dobson says he won't vote if McCain's the nominee because of infractions ranging from failure to back a constitutional amendment banning gay marriage to foul and obscene language. Ann Coulter claims she'd support Clinton because she's more conservative than McCain is. Once again, the reason for everything terrible about American politics for the last 20 years becomes clear. These people are nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. McCain, for his part, is a sort of, in the sort of good mood that people acquire when they're winning. He even had nice words Tuesday night from Mitt Romney, who didn't return the favor. Instead, Mitt treated his supporters to a mini-transformation. The candidate whose slogan was, Washington is broken, is now the man who can stop America's long-term slide. One, not anymore. One way or another, things are really falling apart in Romney land, she said, and they did officially, like in the last hour. The Republicans are fighting about the issues in a strange, paranoid sort of way. The Democrats, on the other hand, are splitting into subsets. On Tuesday, Clinton got the white women and Hispanics. Obama got the African Americans. He got the youth, and she got the oath. This has led to a lot of worrying about identity politics. We're finding it hard to adjust to the idea that we might actually be having a non-toxic election involving a black man against a white woman. If either Obama or Clinton were a bad candidate, it would be irresponsible to vote him out, to vote for him out of black pride or for out of sisterly solidarity. Can I, should I start that paragraph again? Yes. Read sure. it slow and take your time, man. You worked too much the last two weeks for these bastards. If either Obama or Clinton were a bad candidate, it would be irresponsible to vote for him out of black pride or for her out of sisterly solidarity. However, they're qualified, and most Democrats like them both. Since there's no real policy difference between them, it's not surprising that a lot of voters went for demography. No harm will be done as long as the candidates behave, Gail said. A couple of cute lines in there. Not too many, but... So Romney now, and of course Limbaugh, must he's going to be having a nervous breakdown. Can you imagine? Let's turn him on and hear what Rush is screaming about. Maybe he's popping a few. He's going to be popping them pills, man. Like crazy. Like a lunatic. They'll all be heavy breathing on the phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know something? I haven't played that preparation rush in too long. I know. I'll find it. Leave it to me. It'll take, you know, like uh, two seconds. You've got hemorrhoids. Oh, no, that's Burn. not it. <laughs> we got something for everything. There it is. This is Rush Limbaugh, servant of humanity, talk show host, hemorrhoid sufferer. Folks, at over 300 pounds, I know the agony of this kind of dilemma. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you there's help. With new preparation rush and my rush to excellent suppositories. Now you can end the pain and itching of hemorrhoidal tissue. Just look for my picture on the box of suppositories and the applicator tube. Another fine tube. product from OIB. Tube. Obesity in Broadcasting Network. Hey, Rush, take that. Tube. Stick it where the moon don't shine. Well, that's where you put that the preparation rush anyway, ain't it? In your ass? <laughs> you tell me. Speaking of ass, there's a Tim Russell. Video talk show host, 96, as Joe mentioned. Even more pasty face than usual. Actually, in 2000, George W. Bush was not the initial favorite of many of the more visible conservatives. Some had endorsed uh, Steve yeah. Forbes and Gary Bauer. And, and Adolf Hitler. Yeah, he said Gary Bauer. See, I was just on the verge of spitting out Hitler, and he mentioned Gary Bauer. I think if Hitler would have shaved the mustache, he'd have been Gary Bauer, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Maybe taking off those platform shoes he used to wear. It's kind of hard to goose step without the platform shoes, isn't it? I don't know. I'll give it a try. All right. Goose step right over to Red Lobster. Well, we're going to watch the end today at 2 o'clock, and I'm, I'm just wondering. You think, I think I ought to try it again, just to make sure we're going to that should, good. I think you should, right. I'm telling you, man, it wasn't good. I, I was, believe you. Listen, you don't say... I would, listen, uh -huh. I wouldn't even mention it. Uh, of course. If it weren't spectacular. I know that. 
I mean, when you go into a place and you expect, like, maybe, hopefully mediocre, you know, mm-hmm. and then you wind up with spectacular, you think to yourself, like, Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly like that. Holy crap. Even just looking at the menu, I knew that there was some good stuff in there. And then you're looking around at the waiters and waitresses carrying the trays. and you look, It mm-hmm. looks like real food on those trays, for Christ's sakes. And it was good. Good. I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm, look, look. I believe you. You wouldn't lie I'm trying to about be that. Helpful, okay, I'm not. I'm not on their payroll. I'm not getting any oh, extra seat or anything like that. Yeah. But I was pretty damn impressed. Why don't you go to IHOP? See if the, that's changed. No, you hop over there. I'll, I'll leave that one in your hands. All right. We don't have that here. <laughs> don't you? They aren't. They aren't I thought they were international. They aren't allowed to hop across <laughs> the border. Yeah. International House of Flakes. Yeah. They do have some good. Um, Hmm? What do you, uh, jams, jam, well, what do you call that stuff? Syrups. Syrups, that's it, that's the word I'm looking for, syrup. The only problem is they don't have anything, it would be good to go in there and like, just pour the syrup on your hand. Right. You know, and like lick it off the, your um, hand. The, um, to waffle, get a, get a Belgian waffle while you're there, that's, that's what you got to do. Is that good? Yeah. Because they're, you know, because they're firm. I don't like Belgian waffles. Well, I tell you, you one do? thing, I do like Belgian waffle with like ice cream and banana mm. on it. Okay, and there you go. Fun. Now you're talking. I've had that. Oh, oh yeah. I can't eat that. See, I could go to Red Lobster and have the clam chowder and have, uh, like, um, sheep and maybe those yeah. mushroom stuff with lobster. That, that was just awesome. Delicious. Must, mushroom stuff with lobster and melted cheese. I don't know what kind of cheese it was, nor does it make any difference. It was delicious. It was good. Mmm, melt in your mouth. I know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be carrying on so much about food because I'm trying to stay alive. Not trying too hard, but I'm, I'm doing the best I can, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of stress. A lot of issues. Everywhere. I always have to laugh when they say, oh, so-and-so has issues. I'd like to meet somebody who doesn't have issues, wouldn't you? No. Have you, have you ever met anybody who doesn't have issues? No. I mean, if I found somebody who said, oh, I don't have any issues. I'd, I'd yeah, run, them. run. They're lying. Yeah, I'd blow them away. And I'd say, hey, you got any issues now? The Sports Leader. Absolutely. Getting up straight off only the hobo. You fairy. Another time Republican, more or less queer. Raymond Neocon had to resign, yeah. What a time to go the Christian blood. Did it feel that right? Hopkins, yeah.
Can you say self-hating phony queen? That's uh, Miss Foley. Wonder who she, what she's doing these days. I wonder. Maybe compare notes with your governor. Gay. With your governor. 1402 at 560 WQM. Now I'm starting to get some energy back now. It's almost time to get out of here. Really? You want to know why I got energy? Because it's almost time to get out of here? Almost time for lunch. Oh, yeah. We might just go back to the same place again. Just to see if it was an aberration. I think you should. It was great. I, I don't want to rave on about it forever, but it was, it was a pleasant surprise. Life is full of surprises, most of them not really pleasant. This one was good. I'm not one of those people that's crazy about surprises, you know? No? Anyway, in his uh, speech, in his swan song, in front of CPAC today in Washington, D.C., former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney suspended his campaign for the Republican presidential nomination. The headline on this, Romney will suspend campaign so that he doesn't aid a surrender to terror. Now, that's going to be their line, what? Republicans. Yeah, if the Democrat gets in, it's a surrender to terror. I see. If I fight on in my campaign all the way to the convention, I would forestall the launch of a national campaign and make it more likely that Senator Clinton or Obama would win. And in this time of war, I simply cannot let my campaign be part of aiding a surrender to terror, he said. His statement said he could fight on to the convention drew loud cheers from the core conservative audience attending the annual, the annual conference. As Romney then said, I feel now I have to stand aside for our party, our country. Boos were audible among the crowd. Time Magazine's Mark Halpern first reported Romney would announce the suspension of his campaign. The Atlantic Monthly's Mark Ambinder later reported he confirmed the news. Ambinder noted that by suspending his campaign rather than ending it outright, Governor Romney will retain his delegates at the September Republican National Convention in Minnesota. He's going to be a broker, baby. He's going to be a power broker. Romney, who failed to win many delegates in a Super Tuesday uh, contest, announced at the time he intended to stay in the race. One thing is clear, this campaign is going on, he told his supporters Tuesday. Surprise! See? Another one of them surprises. Mm -hmm. However, Romney gave the speech prior to disappointing returns in California, where he and McCain had competed for the state's mother load of delegates. <coughs> yeah, he's uh, dropping out so that he doesn't aid a surrender to terror. That's going to be the Republican campaign line. What, what else are they going to campaign, campaign on? Great economy. Right. <laughs> Low gas prices. Well, they've got nothing but success stories in that department. Yeah. You know. Tax cuts for the rich. <laughs> what, what else have they got to campaign on? All those dead people in Iraq? Surrender to terror. Wow. The voice of terror. Mm-hmm. Buried on page A17 of Wednesday's Washington Post yesterday is a bit of non-surprise. President George W. Bush has effectively killed a position monitoring compliance with government efforts to release documents. It's not the first thing he killed, I'll tell you that. Late last year, Washington watchdogs went over a reluctant President Bush who agreed to sign a law enforcing better compliance with the Freedom of Information Act. But in his budget request this week, the Post Elizabeth Williamson writes, Bush proposed shifting a newly created ombudsman position from the National Archive and Records Administration to the Department of Justice. Because the ombudsman would be the chief monitor of compliance with the new law, that move is akin to killing the crucial, critical function, some members of Congress and watchdog groups say. Justice represents the agencies when they're sued over FOIA. It doesn't make a lot of sense for them to be the mediator, staff lawyer for the National Security Archive, Christian Adair told the Post. The group has filed suit against the White House to force it to preserve emails relating to Iraq and the outing of Valerie Plame. Also bemoaning the revelation was Senate Democratic Judiciary Chairman Pat Leahy. Once again, the White House has shown they intend to act contrary to the intent of Congress, he told Williamson in a statement. I'll continue to work through the appropriations process to make sure that the National Archives and Records Administration has the necessary resources and funds to comply with the Open Government Act and will continue to work in Congress to make necessary reforms to the Freedom of Information Act. 
The White House said through a spokesman that only the Department of Justice has the government's lead on FOIA issues and mediation and legal matters is properly situated and empowered to mediate issues between requesters and the federal government. Right. When in doubt, keep the information out. Bastards. But that's what happens in a fascist state. And, of course, the media is concerned about Britney. And I do my Britney story every day. I'm doing my duty, don't you think? You should. I should do my duty. And I do every day. Mom would be so proud. So, no, she wouldn't be proud. She'd be jealous. Nels, how about a good Connie? You know what a Connie is? A Connie is an enema. You're thinking of a Connie in the garden. Oh, jeez. What? Well, there's a Yiddish word for everything. Why shouldn't there be a word for an enema? Of course. Well, not. But I know what it is now. Yeah, you got to get somebody off of you and stick it where the moon don't shine. Right. Fill it up with boiling hot water. Oh no, no, please, lukewarm. <laughs> boiling hot no. water, some real caustic substance, you know, like um, Drano would be good. Can you imagine? You want to really clean that colon? Out. Mm-hmm. Drano. Okay. On that note. Yeah. Let's take a look at the poll again before we get out of here. Boy, is it really that time already? My God, I'm just, I'm just getting my second wind. The jerk show it too, then the mad dog. Well, that's right. The mad dog's not at the uh, Super Bowl, contrary to what it says on the schedule. And the DA will be back 10 to midnight tonight. Now he's so he's pulling double duty again tomorrow, is what you said, Chris? I guess so. I thought for one minute there, I thought he said Joe was uh, going to be back tomorrow, little dog. And then he said, No, I'll see you again tomorrow. After he mentioned 20 or 30 times, see you tonight from 10 to midnight. Nice going there, DA. Promote yourself, because they sure as hell won't promote you, or anybody else. See, don't take it personal. Always tell the new people on the block, don't take it personal when they won't give you any promotion because they don't promote anybody. It costs money. Mm. The best candy in the world is Snickers 111, 21.2%. Down just a hair from the first time we did this poll uh, 100 years ago. Reese's 48. Oh, yeah. Butterfinger 30. Twix 30. Now, could you compare those two, Butterfinger and Twix? I would not. Don't you find that an abomination in the in the And I like cooks just fine, but I mean to compare with a butterfinger, that's oh. craziness. Blasphemous. Almond Joy twenty eight, Three Mouseketeers twenty four, Milky Way twenty two, Baby Root twenty one. Always gotta be one floating in a punch bowl, man. Or in a pool. Heath Bar twenty, Kit Kat seventeen, M M&M sixteen. Hundred thousand dollar bar sixteen, Turtles fifteen, Mounds fourteen, Hershey's fourteen, and whatchamacallit bar eleven, Chunky ten. Oh, Chunky 10. I, you know, i got to tell you this. As tell I me. get older, there's one thing I learn. And you know what that is? That's why more and more people love vanilla ice cream. been brought to my attention that uh, your ratings are dying now. Well, I don't assure you what a big asset I was to you and how. You thought you could find somebody good enough to fill my baggy pants? It ain't easy. <laughs> there ain't no chance I'll ever be coming back. I'm tired of considering a lucrative contract. If you want to know what will save you from shutting that transmitter to ground... That's easy. <laughs> sure. All you need is more. All you need is more. 